and welcome back to Scav Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing all the hot takes on Tarkov Twitter sphere, and boy, it is really spicy. There's a lot of stuff to go over. First, we're going to be talking about in-game ammo, the newly freshly coined phrase. It's so popular, so rampant. I've seen it in your chat many mm-hmm. times, which is, you move, you die. Followed up by, of course, you know, it, it comes around like clockwork, every wipe cycle. If found in raid, kill the game, it needs to be gone. More hot takes on that. Um, some audio stuff. Like I've seen a lot of people talking about audio as far as should it be allowed? This kind of plays into the you move, you die, but should you be allowed to like hear people when they're slow walking? Or should it be completely silent? That's another contentious topic, which we'll get into. Followed by how the M4 mods may affix the Tarkov modding. And then finally, elitism and Tarkov. And boy, I'm not talking about skills either. Elite skills. What a roster of topics, eh? Know, but also, Dean. for video viewers, we're here with the new tech. We have the glorious new overlay, which is which is fantastic. So if you're watching on video, you'll be able to see two of us and then Church can showcase stuff in the middle, um, which is kind of how we got it set for now. So that's cool and exciting and new and, and good. But um, yes. yeah, how are things we go for you this week, Church? What have you been up to? Pretty good, man. Um, you know, a lot of like different scav talk related things, admin stuff, etc. Uh, personal PC armor upgrades. I got, uh, I was telling Giga the other day that I got Long story short, a 5800X that's been sitting on my shelf that I thought I had installed in my PC was not, so I installed it. I got the, you know, trying to min-max because the thing runs a little hotter than I personally like. So, got the fans set up how I want it. Now it's a matter of min-maxing the CPU, undervolting. It's it's more comp- it, On the surface, it's more complicated than, you know, it really is, but there is a bit of a learning curve you have to do. But anyways, that's going to be something that I'll uh, finalize and whatnot. And then I, I, other than that, just, you know, cleaning up the drive, trying to get all my files organized how I want them. Like, it's kind of a thing where it's like, how obsessive, how much detail do I need to go into? You know, like, for, like, pictures, for example, it's like I got them all broke up, like, memes, icons, you know assets stock images just like i don't really know because i want to do the same with like audio like sounds and music but that's just like oh it's like you have to listen to each individual like you can't just read the title of like a song you gotta listen to it. it's like okay what's the how do i want to categorize it i'm mm. thinking more like mood like you know happy vibes you know sad you know tense and whatnot but it's just it's it's one of those things where like once you do the legwork it's probably really useful but doing the legwork is just a lot to go through because I have like so many. It's under probably under like five hundred, but you know for like sound files, both audio and I, I would imagine maybe it's closer to a thousand. But yeah, it's just a lot to go through. But uh, once yeah. that's done, I think it will be very beneficial. And uh, other than that, I've just been playing this game called. Uh, Shadow Tactics, Shogun something, Blade of the Shogun, I think. Uh, it's like a art, it's from like 2016, it's 
one of those games that's been on Wish List forever, great reviews, and it's basically an RTS stealth. Uh, oh, plays nice. very similarly to like yeah, control wise, like Dota Two, you know, okay. basically. And uh, it's actually it's a really good game from like a studio that I'm not really that familiar with, and they don't really have that many titles. But like this was one one of their first titles, and it was really successful. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, like categorizing songs and music is is difficult. Yeah, it is, it is tricky. I do. I have like a split down kind of by like vibe as well. I've got like oh, nice, good for you. Know, background or this or that. But I tend to. I don't do that much editing of stuff that requires it, so it's not as necessary. And my catalog's not that big either. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, pictures is is also annoying. But I tend to just like use. I just have them all in like one place. And I just tend to search. Yeah. I, like I try to make titles. The, the, I'm I'm quite the thing I'm specific about or like picky about is titles like titling the pictures when i save them and if you get if yes. you get good at the habit of doing that like right. getting into the mindset of thinking what would i search for if exactly. i was looking for this picture so i have like i have titles of things which is like ak 101 ak hash 101 like ak slash 101 ak space 101 and then like what actually actually is so i've got like different markings in there just in case like because windows search is sometimes a bit annoying yes um and it doesn't if you have like one one in there but it's like got an an like prefix that it won't show it to you and like annoying stuff like that so yeah trying to like work around that is mm-hmm. kind of how i've got mine set up so then i could just search or alternatively i'm just like oh i just remember like oh it was on this and then i've got that saved somewhere and i can go and find the like where i used it or something and just like grab it from there like another another way to do it but uh, yeah songs is songs is hard like you have to listen to so many tracks and then it's uh, yes there's like so much especially if you're doing like copyright free stuff it's there's a lot of garbage tracks out there so you have to listen to like a oh, lot yeah. of music even just to source them in the first place and then like yeah different tracks just don't really necessarily fit the vibe and like it's hard like some some of my favorite pieces of music i just can't use in content because it's either like too distracting or the, the instruments just don't really like they don't work as an underlay to something else like they're okay mm. as like an interlude maybe but yeah it's, it's it's tricky it's tricky um yeah i mean this so this week that's what we've been doing here in, in the Taki land we've been getting our asses handed to us on lighthouse oh my god we've basically spent <laughs> I was trying to find the vertexes, the classic Lendlease 2 thing, find one CFTM radio and one vertex. Yes. So far I found a vertex in the moonshine scav box and a CFTM radio on streets, which tells me you just how well Lighthouse has been going for me. <laughs> um, we played, I think it was the Tuesday stream, we played for six raids and we died in five out of the six and the one that we didn't die, we did, literally didn't see anybody went to loot the chalet and like there was nothing there and we left so uh, it's just like lighthouse is so hard like especially now and the way that the things are going it wasn't even like we weren't getting kills like on, on some of them i killed like two people and then ended up just getting third party by somebody else it's just it's very difficult to move around that map right so it's actually really claustrophobic because of how slim it is and like i don't even want to go anywhere near the road camp really um, but it's, you know, if you, and it's mainly spawns as well. It's like, if you, you can't run down the middle of the road, well, like mm. saying that, I mean, I'll, I'll tell a funny story about that in a minute, but like, you can't, you can't really run down the middle of the road. So it leaves like the beach route and then the hills route around the chalet, because if you go down on the ground and somebody spots you, like there's just nowhere to go and you just die. So there's really only like down the bottom end of the map from like Southern road, you either go along the beach or you go up in the hills. So you're like almost guaranteed to meet people. At some point, even if you're not going to the hotspots, it's just like it's very difficult to reverse around that map. And because some of the sight lines are really long, sometimes you just get spotted from a million miles away. And people are blinking at you. You just don't really know where from. Um, and yeah, and people can like lie and wait fairly easily. And because 
everybody can hear, even if you're fighting suppressed, like a lot of people can hear you. So you just bring in a lot of traffic when people try to hunt people down and there's a lot of PMC kill quests there and stuff. So it's just hard. But like I keep getting told a million times, everyone, oh no, you know, you have to go into the road camp and that's the best way and Lighthouse is the best place. And I'm just like, well, it's not the best place if you just die every raid, right? Like it's, it makes it really, <laughs> really tough. You can't just like wander in. And it's when, you know, people say, oh, you know, you just watch the guides on the road camp. Like, yeah, you just have to cheese it, but like just watch the guides and it's easy. And it's like, that's fine if there's nobody else in the raid, but like often it's, you know, you, you try to snipe the first guy, the second guy who gets there from the second spawn, he's looking over at the, at the rogues and he's like, oh, the first guy's gone. So there must be somebody here. So then you start getting shot by M62 from someone that you can't see. And you're like trying to get into the right position, but then there's no cover. And then you have to run in and then you're being shot by the rogues and the whole thing falls apart. So mm. it just gets, it just gets really complicated, which is why I try to like leave the rogue camp alone. But Either which way, we've got one vertex left to get. So I started running reserve instead for it because I just think well, like reserve's just a bit more fun, honestly. And we're using the MP7, but um, yeah, I had like one ridiculous raid where I heard somebody. Oh, well, I, I decided to run down the road because I spawned there on lighthouse. We ran all the way down the main road, started getting shot along the way, pop off, you know, painkillers, whatever. Managed to escape, got down to the bit by the Merin car, um, just over, just underneath like the big sort of sniping spot, like the stupid rock that kind of area <laughs> we're down by Merrin car end up in a fight with somebody there like he whiffs we end up killing him then there's somebody else who like i run all the way to the beach to the little house um the little house by the beach and uh hit up in there for a while then i was like oh maybe we should just go and loot him but i don't want to loot him because somebody could be up on the sniping spot now so i go up on the sniping spot and obviously like get shot on the sniping spot i'm like running out of like i've like completely run out of meds because I swapped out my AFAC. I was using the car kit, but I, and everyone was like, oh, bro, car kit, re! Everyone just had a complete field day, right? Because I ran out of meds for the first time in like three wipes. And um, I was like, oh, it's because I swapped out the car, the, the AFAC. That I, I always take a pocket AFAC if I use the car kit because sometimes you do need it. And I swapped it out for a paracord. So I had, because uh... I wanted to use the, the exit, right? Because I was intending on going to Chalet. I wasn't really expecting to be running around the rest of the map. So I ran out of meds and we were getting like plinked at and I was stuck in the top section and my painkillers ran out. So I couldn't jump up out of the usual exit um, and I had a broken leg. So I was like, well, I'm just I'm just screwed here. I just can't leave. So we like moved out of the little spot, just like spewing gear down the mountain. <laughs> I had like semi better M4 with a voodoo <laughs> on it going down the hill, like armor, oh, helmet, yeah. just like just pouring down the mountain. And no one shot at us. Nobody at all. We staggered our way across the mountain, like plopped down a few little bits and then walked through the main road completely unhindered by any players at all and all scavs just like straight through breathing heavily like uh, uh, like limping along with like no painkillers bleeding profusely all over the street right we go up to the lower chalet there's nobody there we like go around and start looting some stuff like find some meds like find find a like whole ibuprofen bottle i was just like man we're you know we're killing it now um we found managed to find an, an rd 704 and mm. a an mcx so then there were like a bunch of scouts down on the main, the main sort of road, and uh, we went down there, and there was like a couple of scouts to kill because we were starting to run out of energy. So I went down to try and kill them, but then unfortunately I took like seven six two PS through the eye socket when I tried to to kill them. But it was like it was glorious. We spent so long like regearing up because a lot of people were like, oh, you should just leave, and I was like, why though? Like I've got like an MCX and an RD. Like yeah, fine, but like all the rest of my gear is just out in the street. Like I'm gonna get that back in insurance probably. Like I don't have anything on me. Like we may as well just try to turn this into like a hero raid. The idea was to go down, kill the scavs, get some food from them to like replenish our like mm. supply, then go and loot the guy that we originally killed that we yeah, were gonna you, try and loot. You're, like, you're this far in, right? Yeah, we know? may as well yeah. give it a go. So no, I get that. And, yeah, and unfortunately, like we, you know, we're trying to fight with like 
a stock MCX and a stock RD <laughs> with like you know, there's a stock RD with like ten bullets in it and a stock MC I've like um seven sixty two FMJ and a stock MCX Ooh. with I don't know God knows what inside it some horrible whisper or something yeah but with like fifteen <laughs> bullets and I had one I had found one holographic between the two of them like one of the really like scuffed ones we we're trying to use like a stock MCX to fight scavs at like you know middling distances it's like oh man so yeah I mean they. Maybe we could have done it, but I don't know. Anyway, it was it was by far the most fun raid that we actually had on that day, bizarrely, even though we ended up, you know, dying again. But it's just like so many people on that map is just crazy. Lighthouse is yeah. it's a real it's a real crazy one. So Oh man. You reminded me of something I was talking about a few weeks ago, which was the uh there was I was mentioning like, oh yeah, there was this one quest that you needed to do on Lighthouse that was like really important. I couldn't remember what it was. And now I remember. Um, it is for the rubber butt pad for the Mo, mm-hmm. the skier missing cargo, which, cause you have to do a long road to get to that. And God, I don't know about you, but long road for me is like, just been like one of those tasks that I do not enjoy doing. Cause it's like, it feels like you get like one to two scavs a raid. It's just yeah. like, so unless you just, and that's like, you're sitting there for like, 40 minutes you know because <laughs> mm. i don't know it feels like they don't respawn that well or i, I don't know maybe maybe yeah. multiple people are doing the quest as well i don't know but that quest ugh. no it is pretty gross i think it's just because ai scavs they just get picked off so quickly and so easily down there so like the initial mm-hmm. wave just get destroyed immediately and then you can get um you can get like three later on but like you're kind of relying on player scavs just like beelining it into the road camp and just sitting on the hills but Eventually, if you're just sat there too long, you'll just get shot at by another PMC. So it's yeah, it's it's tough. Like long road just takes a while. I just I just kind of let it happen. Um, I, I try to be purposeful about checking, and then every raid I'm um, trying to kill some scouts down there. But usually, you're best off if you just start over on that side and you go to try and like pick off the first couple of waves of scavs. But yeah, yes, it's, it's hard. I, I normally don't bother with that one. Like I haven't done that one this wipe yet. I think because there's another route right. You could do is it a piece of quest? One. I think for the pad. Uh yes. Um well. No, you have to complete Gunsmith Part Twenty. Yeah, and and get PC before. So I have it because of that. Okay, well, but see, I haven't the, done Missing Cargo. The problem with that is you. I mean, it's not. It's a problem, but I guess it's not a big problem. Is you you need like the butt pad for a few different builds. Not mistaken for Gunsmith. Like prior I think it helps. to this, I don't think you necessarily need it. But you can. I mean, if you really need it, you can always go and get it from the Sotmod Barter. If you really yes. want it. The infamous, now infamous, infamous. mechanic two <laughs> sotmod barter, yeah, for two pro kills. Honestly, it's great. Like if you are like, so I've I've now done something new, which is I've got the top layers of stash of things which is like a wish list of stuff, and I just check them, and I see whether any of these things need to be you know achieved or whatever. Yeah, like, people sell pro kills sometimes for under sixty k, and I bought like a bunch of them. I bought loads of them. So if you can buy pro kills for, I think it's yeah, if you buy pro kills for sixty thousand rubles. You could mm. buy the Sop Mod Barter for 120k. Yeah. But it sells back to Mechanic for like 129. Do you take off the, well, even, maybe even more than that, maybe 132 or something. <clears throat> you take off the, the pad, it sells for like 122 or something. So if you could get Pro Kills for 60k, you can get the FDE plus the pad for free. Yeah. Which is crazy. So I've like got, I got like <laughs> 10 of them now. Um, yeah, I've been looking around for all these things, like waiting until. Uh, waiting until keck tapes are cheap because then you can craft the emergency waters so that then you can get salewas for 12,000 rubles which is the same as a car kit so that's actually pretty cool that's like a new min max that I've been doing recently um, 
actually doing like the you know the ones that just auto make money every every yeah. uh, every cycle like the the vodkas for ash 12 the mcb and wires for the other ash 12 those both make money now the dog tag case from jaeger that makes money using the vhs for doing those and then yeah it's just like there's loads of stuff now i'm just yeah. kind of like looking out for all the time and like for sj6s as well so you've got like the saline and then um hydrogen peroxides you get two salines if you can sometimes like normally they're 20k so usually it's two of them, that's 40, and then one water, one hydrogen peroxide, which is another 10. So it's usually about 50. But sometimes they get down to like 12,000, 13,000 rubles. So that's like, and then, yeah, the, the H2O2s sometimes go to like 7K. So sometimes you can get them for, you know, 30,000 for an SJ6, which is crazy. So I've just been like doing that, but you only get one per reset, right? And the same thing yeah. with the g Nexus. If you get g Nexus for 30,000, you can get Voodoo's for 60K because you need two of them. But you can only get one per reset, so you just have to be diligent about like every reset. Just like every time you're on, just like oh, every check time it again, you're... check it again, check it again. Yeah, every time you get out of raid, check your traders and see which ones reset, mm. and then check, yeah, yeah. Because it's like with the Sotmon one, I was using the Elcan a bit recently, but with mm-hmm. the Voodoo Barter, I've just kind of stopped. Like I don't know, it's not that much. Like seventy k, like when when they're like one hundred and forty k for a Razor and one hundred and thirty k for a Voodoo, you're like, ooh, like it's pretty, it's a lot. But when you can do the barter and get it for 70, like I don't feel at this point, like when I'm level 41 now, I don't feel that 70k is actually that much to get the top tier optic, especially with the guns I'm kind of pairing it with, you know? I feel like that's sort of in line. Like I don't necessarily want to use the Alcan. The Alcan is fine, but mm-hmm. the Voodoo is just so much better for full auto guns. Like you just yeah. never lose sight picture. It's just, it's one of those things, you know? The Alcan's just not that great for full auto. It's all yeah. right. Better than some. No. Some are terrible, right? Tac 30 is like awful, for example. Yeah, like, Tac 30 is absolutely the worst. Uh, but yeah, like the Voodoo is just, just you just never lose sight picture. It's got an absolutely enormous spectacle on it. Six times, well, it's not actually six. It's like slightly more or something. But the One X is like huge, and you can fight easily in CQB with the One Times, like no problem. So it's uh, it's great, it's great. Yeah, it is pretty oh. great. That's what I've been up to. Oh, and also creating presets. Like every time I go and make a preset, so I'm trying to do the investment work in making the presets properly. Mm-hmm. Once they're set up now. And I have them set up for things like customs. You can just like fly through it. Like once you've got your keys set up in the way that you want for the different cases, you could just you can literally just fly through setting up something. So you just go like, I'm gonna go to customs. I press the sick case one and I pull the sick case out. I'd like press the one for my magazines, pull that out, press the one for consumables, pull that out. Then I just pick my kit, which will be gun, armor, helmet, headset, no balaclava, rig. And then I just transfer all the stuff onto my character and boom, I'm ready to go. Like it's, it's so fast if mm-hmm. you know what you want to set up. It's like really, really quick. But um, every time I do it, like every time I'm like going through the setup process, people are like, oh, this doesn't look worth it. Oh, this, this looks crazy. Oh, I'd be way quicker just doing it myself. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Cause this is the first time I'm having to do it. Right. But like, I'm never going to have to do this again. You I just do it once. Work. Yeah. You do the legwork. And yeah. it's like what well, you were talking about with like your files. Or yeah, whatever. Like exactly. yeah, you can, every yeah. single time you can like search for your stuff. But like, if you've got it all laid out in like nice folders or whatever, then then it's easier. And you also have to practice doing it. Like, as some people have said on my stream, they're like, oh, I just have too much muscle memory in doing it the old way. And it's like, that's fair. You know, if you don't want to invest in it, then that's okay. If you're, you know, it's like, it's like mountain tops. Like the, the presets mountain is up here and the old mountain is up here. But when you're at the top, it feels bad to like have to walk all the way down the mountain to walk all the way back up the new one to reach a new peak, you know? It's tricky. But that's, that's what we're doing. We're climbing to new heights. That's where we're doing it. I've got loads. I've got so many presets. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to find out if they reset them or not. <laughs> oh, oh no, honestly, that would be horrible. If they change, the, if they do that, that's actually going to be really, really nasty. <laughs> well, Giga, I got news for you. <laughs> oh, I know. They're probably going to do it. Like, I've got one. This is even, like, there's one that's amazing, right? There's one preset that I absolutely love. 
And it's, you go to get the magazine case craft in the hideout, okay. right? You need four bolts and four nuts. They, they turn over really, sure. really quickly in yeah. the, on the flea market. So half the time, you're like, click, yes, yeah, click, yes, click, yes, click, yes, click, yes. And it's just like, you don't really, like the prices are always, pretty much always decent. You just want to, you just want to buy them, right? And you go, click, yes, oh no, click, oh, it's already been bought. Oh, click, no, it's already been bought. Oh, yeah, oh no, now you've got to solve a capture. And it's like, ah, it's like the most <laughs> frustrating thing ever. I have a preset, which is just a burkut, and it's four bolts and four screws. Or four nuts, <laughs> and that's it. And what you do is you press, you press go. It, oh my because, god! Because I already have a burkut, it doesn't make right. me buy the burkut, right? And you press. Mm. What you do is you go refresh, purchase all yes, and it goes bam, and it buys all four bolts, all four nuts. Holy no catches, sh- no reset, no 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 weird shit. stuff. It's so good, dude. Dude, that's so giga brained. It's so good. That's so giga brained. I've been oh trying to set God. up loads of ones like that that are good. Like I've got a whole one which buys like yeah, it buys four fleece hats. It buys two um, M6 whatever grenades and a, and a smoke grenade. It buys <laughs> like one um, one bandage, one AI2, and one ibuprofen. It buys a golden star and uh, sorry, an augmentin and a you know whatever like all the stuff you need for the basic ones to do like one cycle each in each station. And I just like, I make sure that the prices aren't stupid. Like, I, you know, fleece hats haven't sold out and they're not 50k each, something like that. And then you go refresh, bam, purchase all. And then poof, it just fills your, the front of your inventory. And then you could just go around crafting stuff without having to right click yeah. filter, click yes. Right, oh, they're sold. Oh, they'll do a capture. Oh, right, next one, right click filter. Yes, click. Yeah, next click filter. Yes, click. Dude, it takes freaking ages. People it underestimate does. how long it takes. So to just buy all that stuff in one go is crazy good. See, so you I've been have, like, like investing in these things. It's awesome. You could have like an attack two and like whatever the biggest rig, and the sole purpose is to like buy all these barter items off the flea. So then, like, you could log on, have like a master, you know, call it like trader crafting mm-hmm. cycle, and you, you equip that preset. It buys all your nuts, bolts, wires, mm-hmm. vodkas, whatever, you know, and then now you just go through your rounds through the hideout and traders and you get all your barters and everything in one go. Yeah. Do you know what the best part about it is? What? Is that when you try to do the preset, it says you don't have these things available. Right. Would you like, so if you do have the stuff already, it'll equip it, but like almost always you don't actually have the stuff available, right? So it'll mm. say, you don't have these things. Would you like to buy them? And you say yes, and then it brings up the screen to buy them all simultaneously. Yeah. And then you just go purchase or yes, and then you just never equip it. So it just uh, it just goes in your inventory. You don't okay. have the preset never goes on your character. So you wow. can you don't even need to screw up your like main character either. Yeah. It's only if you did just so happen to have all those things, but it's like yeah, it's pretty unlikely. This is getting to the point where like BSG needs to just let us have, take control of the console, and we just you know. Make yeah. scripts and do like execute mm-hmm. script sixty nine. You know, <laughs> just like you, just, you see your menu, just like just like flicking, chanting, buying stuff, trading. It's just like and you just press yeah, one button. Eighteen thousand rubles. Yes, go. Yes, you know, like full logic trees. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, that's like a game in of itself, man. Oh my god, the yeah. game of like optimizing, uh, creating a system. Uh, 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 what would you call it? protocol? A procedural system that grabs all the stuff for you while you go make your coffee and come back and play Tarkov. You know, it's just funny. Exactly. That's no, good. It's good. As much as all of that is, is wonderful, we should probably dive into the first topic, <laughs> shouldn't we? Dude, I'm still kind of like giga-brained blown by, by that. Uh, mm. 
Bar I love that kind That's of That's really stuff. cool. Yeah. I love all that kind of stuff. Like, you know what? Like, if there's anything that I'm good at in life, it's <laughs> that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That type of thing is the thing that I am good at doing. Out of all things, it's like looking at systems, not necessarily like designing <laughs> systems, but yeah, but like looking at systems, finding the like inefficiencies or just like the, the sort of like the minimum viable path to get what you want, you mm-hmm. know, like the easiest route. Like, that's the thing. I'm, I've always been quite good at that kind of thing. And I love doing it. It's like, the, it's like the best thing for me. I just, I just love it. And it's so satisfying when it comes off and people are like, oh, no way. And I'm just like, yeah, look, look what you can do. It's crazy. I, I, lo- I love it. I just love it so much. Such a nerd. Such I love nerd. it too. All right. Yes. On to the next topic here. Uh, what are we starting with? Ammo? Yeah. In-game ammo? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. so this is kind of like, this is sort of the thread that once you start pulling this, everything sure. else just, just kind of comes out, right? And um, you could kind of talk about endgame ammo in any particular way, but I think it's most pertinent to stick to BP because BP is mm. like, it's the one that's the, probably the most contentious, it's the one that has been moved around the most, it's had the most changes to it. We've experienced it in so many different formats. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like BP is more contentious than M61 in a lot of ways. Like, M61, you just die, but you can't really full auto it. Like, it's hard to full auto that, that thing. Um, it, like, it does become like, problematic at the end game but like you can't like you can't really go pre-fasten with m61 like you can like with the 762 mdr but like it's just not as popular as people using like mutant or rd with bp with a drum in it it's just a different vibe you know um yeah. and bp has historically been more accessible as well like it's always either been cheaper yeah. it's been earlier it's you know it's just in guns with lower recoil like 762 by 39 has lower recoil than 762 by 51 kind of by just default it's just the way it is and guns in that caliber has always been always been pretty good so BP is kind of like our case study for endgame ammo. <clears throat> and the reason why this has come like round and round and round is because you know, previously, like back in the day, you just needed to do Punisher 6 and then you could buy BP. Right. And then once people realized it was really the, the easiest way to just kill everybody, um, because as a reminder, BP will 50, 50% of the time, it will two-shot someone wearing class 5 to the thorax. That is incredibly strong. Like it hits the perfect breakpoints that... If it doesn't, it, it does enough damage on the first shot. Well, actually, no, that, that's not even true. Like, because it's got 47 pen, it's like a 60% chance or something to go through on the first hit, I think. Oh, sorry, no, so it's, yeah, it's like 55% to go through on the first yeah, hit. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's pretty much like 50 50 right. whether, whether they die or not. Um, it might even, honestly, it might even be slightly more. I can't remember. I think, I, I think it's about 50 50 though from when I last looked. And if it's if it doesn't, then it's a three shot is basically inevitable. So it's like mm-hmm. incredibly strong. And because the the uh, classics has always been, you know, unless you're talking about like the slick meta, which hasn't been around for a while, like since yeah. the restrictions or whatever, and hardly anyone uses classics now. So BP is like an incredibly powerful round. So previously it was like Punisher six, and then you could get BP, and then it got changed so it was behind Grenadier instead, which is like much more annoying. But obviously a bunch of people just did it, and and then that was that. Then last wipe it got changed. Or was it even the white before? I can't remember. Um, it was changed so that it was like craft only. You couldn't buy it on the traders anymore. But it was at Workbench 3 and it took an eternity. Yeah, I think that's right. And now this wipe, the craft is gone and you can only buy it on the trader. But you have to be level 45, basically. Right. So BP's like gone round and round in different circles because like, and so many people talk <laughs> about it's like, when it was craft only, like the guys who play a lot and like you know, do the, the chatting thing, they would complain because it takes so long to make the ammo in the workbench. It, I mean, I do kind of get it, right? Like 
they proportionately for the number of raids they get, get far less BP than that players that play less raids. Because if you only play like three raids a day, you can craft BP like nonstop and probably use it nonstop. If you play like 20 raids a day, yeah. you still only get the same amount of BP. Right, and that's right. the, you know, with the, with the trade cycles thing, like you're only, other than people who are like working from home, which is like slightly different, but like if you're only on for the time that you're playing, right. usually people just are there for the trade cycles that they're there for, right? But, um, but now with this, with this huge time gating, it becomes more of a time resource than anything else. And so like, I, you know, I get it for those guys. They, they, you know, it's, it's annoying having that gated in that, in that way. But now that it's been changed to be level 45, I mean, I don't really know. I can't remember quite how many players get to level 45 in a while. Like we've looked at it previously. Like uh, probably only 50% of people get to 42, I think. And 42 to 45 is quite a stretch. I mean, I'd have to go back and like look at a poll that I did. But like, uh, no, a lot of players don't ever make it to even max traders. Yeah. And 42 to 45 is hard because that's the grind until just before you get the daily quests that give you loads of XP. So that happens at 46. So 42 to 45 is a real slog, like an extreme slog. So I imagine that, you know, there's um, quite a big difference between players getting to 42 and 45 even, honestly, because 42 at least it's max traders, whatever, and then people don't really care anymore. So trying to stretch those extra three levels is hard. And so the issue now is those players who don't get to that level will never be able to use BP unless they find it in raid, which is really quite rare now because it's not on raiders anymore because it was or rogues because it was so problematic in general. So that's been removed. So it's like, oh, what you're gonna you're relying on world spawns for BP? Like, okay, maybe, but you know, it's just it's not the same. Whereas the Chad guys can get it every reset because they get to level forty five and the quest is easy. So it's tricky, really. And like the both sides, like of of it, seem to be at each other. And in my opinion, we should just have both. I don't see why one set of work is more invalid than the other, right? Like, if you want to grind and you want to spend a ton of hours in the game, you want to get to level forty five and. Maybe they could even put it behind a harder quest. Like, I don't know, maybe make it higher level, whatever. Then you get access to it, like, relatively freely. There's still individual limits, fine, Mm -hmm. but you have access to it relatively freely. If you can't do that or don't want to do that, you can still get it, but then there's going to be limitations, right? You have to maybe stack it with PS because you don't have as much because you're doing it with the craft. Like, it's more expensive, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's still a choice you can make if you want to do it. And that basically says, like, both types of, you know, both types of work are okay if you want to spend spend the time in the hideout for going other stuff that you could be making money, um, but you're willing to uh, go for the extra time versus grinding the game out. I just feel like that kind of mentality could work for more ammos, honestly. Like, M61 can't be crafted until you do Shooter Point in Heaven anymore. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe you could be able to buy it if you were, like, level 50 or something. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily breaks the game. Like, the number of people who get to 45 plus, it's not that high. And those people would probably just kill you anyway, even without BP. So I don't think people should worry. But I do think removing it, like, people should be able to access it in the, in the craft, I think, if you're, you know, because you need to be level 30, I guess, to do Workbench 3. That's a minimum. So if that's, like, your end game, level 30 plus. Which is, like, enough. what, Mechanic 32 or 34? Well, it's Mechanic 3 at 30, yeah. 30, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, if, if that's your end game and that's what you want to do, then fine. I think that's enough of a gate for those people. But it's like, yeah, you're going to have to manage the ammo quantity and like stack it with PS or whatever. Mm-hmm. And players who play like that are probably used to playing that way and are probably <clears> okay <throat> with it, I would imagine. You know, if you're more like casual or whatever, then you're going to be more careful about your kits and things. So you kind of like, I feel like that caters to both sides. Like we've switched from craft only to trader only. And now it's like, now that's swung the other way. So now nobody who's getting level 45 can ever get BP. It's like, it's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to say because I mean, in, in many ways, a lot has changed. Because you know, I think historically, well, 
at least when I was playing, BP really wasn't that great. Like, it was good, but it was all about M995, M61. I mean, these are back in the day. Even, like, SP... No, sorry, uh, BP for the VSS and Val. Um, like, it, you know, it was, like, okay, because you could, like, build, like, an uh, kind of okay AKM and, like, kind of okay uh, AK-103, but, like, they weren't... They didn't scale as well into the late game as, like, the M4 did. The VSS mm. was just, like, naturally good, <laughs> and you could run it stock. You could, like, kit, kit it out for Val, but, um, you know, HK was really prevalent back then. So a lot's changed, you know, like, the, the RD came in, the Mutant came in. Um, they took away M995, moved it to, like, craft only. Uh, you know, the ammo bands came to flea market. Like, the landscapes changed mm. a lot. And so, you know, subsequently, the balancing's got to, like, kind of adapt around that. And, you know, the, the effort BSG made to, like, remove, completely eradicate a lot of the high-end ammo from, like, traders, you know, somebody just feels kind of weird to bring it back with this BP. But, you know, maybe, again, maybe they have a, you know, particular thing, a balance they're trying to achieve here. I, I can't really say. You know, we have our own critiques of some of the balancing on some of the ammos and other places, you know, like namely uh, the 300 blackouts balancing mm-hmm. feels a little wonky, but feels a little underpowered, if you will. Like it needs a bit of a, uh, a availability buff. But um, I mean, as far as my thoughts go, I just I, I don't know, man. I, I, I like the idea, the sentiment that you propose. Um, so I think it makes sense. The, I mean, you know, I obviously, I think it goes what I was saying, the terminally online Tarkov gamers, as I was, you know, many a times, we, you know, we, we quite enjoy the, in a, in a roundabout way, perhaps, we really like the availability of the traders, because every four hours, you just buy all the ammos you can, and then you never have to worry about running a different gun. Or like not having good ammo to use, you know. Yeah. Typically, if you, if you run out, it's like fine. I'll just use a different gun with also good ammo, like APSX, for example. Um, so you know, it's it's tricky, I would say, but I I, and it really depends on like in the case you brought up with M six one. Let's say they brought that back on the trader. Let's say it's Peacekeeper four or whatever. You know, it's like okay, well, how much is it going to cost? And how much can you buy per reset? Because if you can yeah. buy like 900 per reset, <laughs> then like, oh, okay, I don't know if that's so it, you know, it really comes down the devil's in the details of a lot of these things, I would say. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I'm still kind of on the thought process of let's put, which they've done a, to their credit, they have done a good job. This wipe in particular, I'm pretty sure that was this wipe where they like introduce various ammos into these ammo boxes um mm. which previously that really wasn't utilized yeah um and i think that's a really good thing because now instead of constantly looting useless you know 9 by 18 or 19 ammo and you know crappy 545 by 39 rounds um and then the only good stuff was like yeah 545 by 39 and like mosin rounds um you could get like bt or SNB was pretty common. Um, yeah. So now that you have this, these full 
Looks like they've done the. I don't know how much they've done, but it looks like a lot of it's in there. Like you can just find boxes of M80, boxes of AP, um, the 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 MP7 caliber ammo, um, all types of stuff. You know, you could probably find seven and thirty nine for the a box of it, not just like a, a loose stack. So that's really helped increase the availability in the raid. And I I would prefer more of a push towards that, um, to where it's kind of a you know, I, I just I just feel like it's more exciting to loot something in the raid in that instance versus grinding up to like level forty five and getting it constantly and consistently. You know, it's just a little less. I mean, granted, if you're gonna find something good, you're probably a either gonna use it or b like put in your container to use it later, which is fine. I mean, you done the like you done like some leg work, but. I don't know, man. It, it's like I said, the devil's in the details. But that—that's kind of my preference. Is I would just like let's get rid of like the crappy, you know, like I don't need PST GZH in the raid. Like I really don't. You know what I mean? Like, You'd rather it just didn't spawn. I rather it just didn't spawn. You know, just don't even spawn it. Like replace instead of that. You know, increase the AP six point three loophole by whatever. You know what I mean? Like just. Just make it scale a bit better, because like after you know the first week of wipe, like half, of, like the majority of mm. all of that stuff is just like mostly irrelevant. I mean, not you know what I mean. Like the value just yeah. drops so much. So like the fact that it's taken up that you know that spawn throughout the entire wipe is just kind of like. Why not just remove it in the first place? Because then it's going to be, at the start, it's going to be even more exciting when you find that AP 6.3. It's like, oh my god, this mid-tier ammo that I got at the start of wipe, it's like, now it's like, you feel like you got way more, you know, your power level just increased. I like that. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel that, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I feel that, like, ammo spawns in Tarkov are just, like, they're just ammo spawns. I don't think there are any high-value, medium-value, low-value. I don't think that exists in the loot pool, so they probably should do that, really. I don't feel like you can't necessarily do all these things like to be able to specifically craft an ammo that you want and it takes ages or to grind like something hard to get to one specific ammo that you want and then also to have it in the raid as well like I think I think all those things can like exist in tandem but Probably. I do wish that there were things like you know yeah you had to go into Kibber to get like the high loot spawn like yeah maybe you have the chance of getting it in the medium one or maybe not in the low but you have to like at least I don't know because it's all it's about distribution like I don't necessarily just want to find 762 PP one raid, Lapua FMJ the next raid. Like it's, I almost feel like you don't want it to be like super targeted, but you you kind of almost want things like you know this is a high value Eastern ammo spawn, or this is a high value yeah. Western ammo spawn. So like oh I if if I go I might get 51 NATO, I might get Lapua, I might get you know 556, um, or if I go for this other one I might get 762 by 39, I might get 545, you know, and and sort of segregate it out that way so it's not so specific but i feel that right now it's a little bit like the whole like oh i'm going to try to farm armor in raid that just means i just need to hit stashes and just hope right there's, right there's no like you know it might be a packet it might be nothing it might be a slick you just don't know there's like no differentiation i feel that there needs to be some kind of like tiering of the ammo and all and of types maybe in different areas i don't know how they could do that but even things like the usec room on you know maybe different maps i don't know maybe like the, yeah yeah, reserve is full of like all Russian spawns, whatever. And like maybe, you know, maybe there's some uh, NATO stuff. I don't know, but and then you have to go. 
maybe you have to go lighthouse for some NATO things, or like, or split it up, make it in different areas. You've got like different parts of maybe maybe some part of reserve that's got different uh, different areas. So just make it, you know, make it sensible. Make it so that you can yeah. actually go to somewhere to do the thing to get the ammo. You almost have to. That's almost like a a worthy loot run to do because and it needs to be. Yeah, you don't want it to be like oh, you farm here and you get like maiap every single raid when you go this it's like a fixed spawn but you want people to go somewhere to try and do some targeted farming even if you don't get it every time i think um no. i feel like that would be better yeah no i think you bring up a good point that and i could totally see a system like they kind of have something already in place like you know you brought reserve and i feel like a lot of the spawns there are like russian like they mm. could definitely stick to that thing like i was thinking of the USEC camp on uh woods like you could spawn nato stuff there yeah. But kind of in like a large, a grander scale, like you could think your ammo caches, the little like brown wooden boxes, they're just like, they can spawn anything and everything, right? And that's kind of like your your low tier spawn. Like you're just taking your chances, right? And I then like you got, it is now, I guess. Pretty well much, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you, maybe you keep bit, the, what's that? Maybe you up the spawn rate of the good stuff a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, I agree. You got to be careful with the whole cash farming meta because mm. I I do like the idea of like I'm loading into raid. I brought this kit and I'm targeting this type of loot because we already kind of have that. You know, if you load in, I need uh, CPU fans. I'm going to loot PC blocks. You know, yeah. and I think I think a similar thing could apply with like ammo and gear. You know, I'm loading into interchange. I'm going to hit Kiba to get high. You know. That's like the high tier ammo armor spawn. Um, I'm loading into woods. I have an M4. I'm going to go to USEC camp to loot this. You know, I I yeah. I, I I think they could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that that's like broadly <laughs> where I'd like the game to go on on that. Um, I don't sure. think there's really anything else to say about about that particularly. The only other part about the whole ammo situation is the global limits thing, which has become kind of a hot topic. Like I've almost been making more of a noise about this, to be honest, because like I went through, I tried to buy the ammo case from Mechanic, and it was just like impossible. There's like I think there's 800 or something, or maybe 500. I can't remember. Um, and I was there for the trader reset. We've talked about it a million times. That you know, sitting yeah. and waiting for the trader, and then you go on the flea because it's faster than the actual trader itself, and you and then a good one for them, bam, and then you manage to buy one. Um, and it's like a lot of people just not been able to buy one. Um, if you're not there, like literally in the first second, it's just all gone, which is extremely annoying. But the same happens for ammo. Like FMJ is for the MP7. FMJSX is just like all sold out permanently on Peacekeeper at all times because the MP7 is basically like as all the other SMGs have just been falling and falling and falling for various reasons. Like you have to craft it only. Like you can't buy it on the flea. Blah 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 for ver- for ammo. What I'm talking about in particular. MP7 and FMJ has just continued to be available at Peacekeeper 3, and it's by far the best those ammos that you can buy anyway, and the MP7 is one of the best guns that you can put it in, and uh, that one is still available on the traders. Don't have to craft it. I think you could even buy it on the flea market in theory, but it's sold out from Peacekeeper almost instantaneously. So, I mean, whether it should be there or not is kind of another question, but because um, I, I personally feel that the other ammos have just been over-nerfed, right? Like, the, to make them craft only, it's just, it's been... It's way too much, and it always was. Like you don't get enough from them because it costs right. too much. It's too expensive. Like the you never see the P90 now. Like the P90 trades on the flea 
at like the trade, at like the trade yeah. sale value, as do the military cables to actually do the barter. Like the P90 is just never seen. I've seen the SR2M a little bit. That's probably the second best SMG, I would say, because the ammo, like you can get some ammo that's actually good. Like one's 35 pennies, 38 or something, I think. Like it's not terrible. I think it's, P, it's PE. I can't remember. No, no, maybe not it's PE. Maybe it's, well, I can't remember what it's called, which, whichever the ammos are. So it's the second best one anyway, because BT, you have to craft. BT might even be 39. Anyway. But the, the MP7 is just, it's just like standout and still is. Um, but yeah, this, the global limits thing is just like, it just sucks so much. Like global limits is just terrible. And everybody seems to agree. It's actually one of the few things that I've seen on Twitter as people agreeing, right? There's a thread with Deadly Slob, which I'll probably talk about in a minute. But um, in that, like him and Tiggs had a conversation and like both of them agreed that the global limits are, are stupid. And the thing about global limits, I know why they're there. I think we know why they're there, right? We understand why. BSG wants to have a scarcity-driven economy. Yeah. And you can't buy everything that you want at all times. That's fine. But global limits is not it. It's not it. And not in the way that it's done. Because the emergent player behavior that we always talk about is obviously camping the trader. Because mm. if you're there mm. every time, you basically get your allocation yeah. every time. If, if you play like a normal human being, you just never get that ammo ever. And that's not, like, is that really what they want to achieve? Like, people setting timers and logging in and buying stuff for the trader? Like, it's just, it's just terrible. Um, so there needs to be a better way. And I actually can't really think of a great system. Like, the only thing that I've thought of is things like, you can queue up, like, say you can queue one, um, one purchase from a trader at any mm-hmm. one time. You only get one across all the traders. You, could, you can queue up for one, one purchase, whatever that purchase may be. And next reset... You get it, irrespective of limits. Like, basically, it allocates out those purchases to everybody, and then the limits begin. Right? That's probably the least impactful way that they could do it. So if you really do want right. to run the MP7 and get FMJ, you can queue for that, and at least you can get that one thing. I don't know whether that would break elsewhere. Like, maybe it would break if you were trying to do, I don't know, maybe if you were doing the Bitcoin bars or something. But again, it's only one per reset. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, there'd probably be a meta around there. Uh, you'd, but the, the flea market prices for the inputs would go up, so... I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I don't really have a great solution for it. That's the only thing that I could think. If they want to keep the existing system and do something else to allow people to actually at least like do something, but some kind of queuing system would make sense to me. Um, in some way, in some fashion, I can't really design a good system for it. But they they need to. And if they can't, just we just need to delete it for now. Like it really doesn't do enough to. It, it doesn't add enough like interest to the game to be worth having it there. Like the downside is so high. Like personal limits is is honestly enough. I think in many ca- in almost all cases, like it's just so frustrating to have these like trader limits on, and especially things like especially things like the ammo box. It's like, what are you really trying to achieve here by limiting people the ammo box craft? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now people, sorry, barter. So now people now have to, but not not barter the cash purchase. So now people have to like do the barter, which costs like four hundred and fifty k, or buy it from the fleet, which costs four hundred and fifty k. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the actual purchase is like 150k. It's just like, it's just a tax on people that aren't permanently online of 300,000 yeah. rubles. Like, <laughs> what's, what's that about? Like, it's so, it's so bad. No, that's um, a good so way I of looking that. at it. Sorry to cut yeah. you off yet. Then that, I, I like that analogy. It's just a, a tax to people who aren't always at their PC, mm-hmm. you know, don't at the time. And I don't think that's, that's not doing any favors for anybody. You know what I mean? No. So I, 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 I still think, I mean, this is not an easy thing, but it con- conceptually, I like the idea of global limits. I see what they're trying to do, right? 
But I think the problem arises is because it's static. Like, I just don't think it's possible for anyone to constantly tweak and adjust and guess the right amount to have the right balance at every time. So I, I'd, I'd suggest having it to where it's dynamic and it fluctuates based off some type of data, you know, that it there's, you know, it's, it's again, this is not an easy task, but, you know, imagine if it sells out, right? The, the global limits sell out. And then the system says, okay, it's sold out. I need to increase my global limits, whatever, blah, blah. And then it does that, keeps doing that, keeps doing that, et cetera, et cetera, until it finds a sweet spot. And then the counter to that would be, it's like, which this is something that's a problem for barters. You know, you'd have to like be very creative around this, but you could also do the, the counter, the opposite of that would be like, okay, um, you know, it tries to distinguish, is it availability issue or is it a monetary issue? Does it need to be cheaper? Does it need to be more expensive? Um, and then the, the other thing I thought is like, you sort of set ranges within um, this described system. Like, you know, for example, let's say the trader mechanic, because he houses the, the barter, right? Hmm. Let's say you allocate him like 50 million rubles, okay? And he uses those 50 million rubles to acquire all of his stock, right? And so he has to work within that limitation of acquiring his stock for the the limits. But he's also going to say he's trying to min-max his own fake purchases, right? His own business. So he's going to, like, if there's a trend of people, there's a demand for uh, his, his uh, what you call it, um, like the ammo, ammo barter, then he's going to, like, naturally increase. He's like, okay, I need to order more, you know? But how mm-hmm. can you make this profitable for him, like, still work within this 50 million range? Something to this extent, you know, it's like a half-cooked <laughs> thought here. Very much so. But I, I would like that a lot because then it like, okay, it removes, like, I can still have, I can still feel the value of engage with the game in like a meaningful way. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, like now it's, it's way more interesting because the market's going this way. And now suddenly the stock for this is like, uh, more and it's, you know, also more expensive, but the stock for these other items are now lower and they're also cheaper or whatever, you know? So it's like, it adapts with the the market trend in a, in a certain way, and I think that's way more not only realistic, but it's like way more engaging, and 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 then just this static flat thing because yeah, it's just like they could increase the stock and they keep increasing the stock. They say they do every every update. They're just like, okay, we're gonna live update, increase the stock. Eventually, they're gonna reach a point where it's like it's not an issue anymore. And at that point, why even have the global stock limits, right? Yeah, it's like exactly. So there's got to be there's got to be something. Either they just need to scrap the idea, mm-hmm. or they need to go really like try to do something to make it engaging and meaningful. But if that's you know <laughs> machine learning calculating you know <laughs> data or whatever, I don't, or personal limits. So I think personal limits is like a fairly okay solution um it's not as interesting 
you know, it's basically just putting brakes on every player, mm-hmm. irregardless of market factors. But it's it's something that now it's like at least you can guarantee to get the item. And there's some items like black key card, for example. You really only need one, but the mm-hmm. barter sells out instantly. So like if you if you're guaranteed to get one, it's like why even have a limit? a limit you know what i mean there's just some there's just some things where it's just like it doesn't really make sense yeah yeah exactly i think there's like a couple of things to this as well um for a start right for a start and i can't imagine that this would necessarily be all that difficult or i say i say that but you know in theory this Mm -hmm. stuff isn't necessarily that difficult the barters and the stocks in general the stocks of all the things actually they should scale based upon the active player base. Yeah. The number of like people who are on at the moment. Because that doesn't happen right now. So often you can buy stuff in like APAC or like EU hours. Yeah. You can't buy sure. in NA. Because the number of players, like you just look at the Twitch viewership metrics, right? Like the number of people playing in during NA hours is just like so much higher. It's like it's like at, you know, early afternoon for everybody in the States and it's like evening for everyone here. So it's like EU plus US both place at the, at the same time in, in certain certain periods. And it's just like huge pinch points on the system, which is completely static. It doesn't take into account player base whatsoever. So for a start, it should do that. Secondly, they should decide what their actual goal is with the limits. Like, what do they actually want? Do they mm-hmm. want it to sell out sometimes and people not be able to access it? Or because to me, there's two ways of doing it. You can either have some kind of algorithm that sees whether the global limit sold out, it decides when this global limit sold out, and it adds more to the um, amount. And obviously with our dynamic scaling thing, that would kind of help. But it adds, it adds more to the amount until it only sells out, let's say, halfway through a trade of reset. So it just keeps iterating until it gets the number that it sells out so like halfway through. So if you get there like 50% of the time, like you know, most people don't keep track of when the trade is reset. But if you got it to a sweet spot like that, it means that half the time you got there, it would be in stock. Half the time you got there, it wouldn't be in stock. And that would actually kind of alleviate the issue. So you'd have to basically just say, oh, okay, it sold out within one second. All right, we need to do, you know, we need to do like, you know, 50 more. Okay, it sold out within one second. Okay, we need to do 50 more. And then they just keep iterating, iterating until eventually you get to the point, okay, so it took an hour for it to sell out. Okay, add another bit. Okay, it took an hour and a half. And now it takes, you know, and that's perfect because it's like halfway through the trade reset. Fine. And then if that went with the flare base as well, then it should roughly be about right. Something like that. The other way that you could do it is say, okay, well, these limits, the, we want these limits to be extremely scarce. We only want so many players to be able to get this stuff. So you have a different algorithm, which basically says every time it sells out, you add 50 to the price until only half of it sells. Right. So I don't know what that would do. That sounds like much more chaotic to me. You know, with FMJ being like, you know, 5,000 rubles a piece because people would still buy it. Like some of them mm, would be in yeah. such high demand that people would just buy them anyway. Um, that sounds a lot more chaotic, but that's like another route that you could do yeah. to say like we, we make the price get higher until eventually it only sells out halfway through the trade reset, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let the market decide basically. Like it just increments it by you could even you can go tiny, you can go like increment it by five or something every time, you know, five rubles or whatever. Like it, there's enough like cycles per day on Tarkov to eventually to work, I think. Um yeah. depending on the item. So that's like another way of doing it, I suppose. But yeah, right now it's like purely static with no reflection on the player base at all. Like, yeah, even stupid items like, as you say, black key card or it's not like people are like cycling through and buying black key card every single raid. I mean, maybe they're worried about RMT on that one. I don't know. But yeah, this is, 
I just is it just either I think global limits just either needs to go just stick it to personal limits or they need to put some radically different system in place to allow you to actually you know have a reasonable chance of getting this stuff. Like it's fine to have some scarcity, but this way is silly. Like having to trade a camp for it is just ridiculous. That's the thing. Yeah, like if you can that's... make a mechanic where like half the time it's in stock, you wouldn't feel as compelled to sit there and be like desperately there as soon as the trade reset. You were like, oh, it's resetting in half hour. Like I can play a raid. Like it'll be available for the next twenty minutes after I get back as well. So, like. You know, if, you, if if a really important ammo is like resetting in five minutes or ten minutes, I'll be like, hmm, I'll probably just play Scav and then make sure I get out because I need to be there. You know, I'll like not play PMC specifically to go and get that to get that reset. Like, it's it's so bad. Like, people play around it and it's just awful. Whereas if you knew that you would have time, there'd be an hour before it ran out. That'd be, that'd be much better. So, yeah. Needs to be that something like that. Otherwise, just get rid of it. Yeah, the, the two things I'll say, it, one is... Um... One reason why I like hideout crafts over like trader selling stuff is because it is more dynamic um, in that mm. the crafts take inputs and you it will accept, you know, non-founded rate inputs, which means you can buy the items off the flea, which means if, an, you know, BP is in demand, then, so, so, you know, obviously the components will be more valued right um so to sell for more so it, it kind of you know there, there is some static like the crafts itself the inputs itself those are going to remain static right it's always going to be two greens and what is it like yeah two greens and well that well bp now oh that's no, what it Which used one? to be what yeah. it used to be yeah because now it's bp it's like now it's three greens three blues okay oh wow yeah and 120 yes <laughs> two two oh, no, it used to be a lot less they tweaked it, yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I, And, you know, you can make... You can make the stuff... Like, there is, like, a floor and a ceiling with the tax. The floor is the traders. But but I think that's a better way because it is... You know, it, it has it has some limiters, but it is more fluctuate, fluctuating um, than the set static price. So I, I prefer that more. And then the other thing I would say is, like... Going back to the algorithm <laughs> idea, if you had, you know, let's say I'm a businessman, right? I have resources, limited amount of resources to buy the things, to, to produce the goods, to then sell them, right? So I'm trying to make a profit. If something is in high demand, it's like I need to buy more stock, but I need more, I need to get more stock, but you know, that's going to cost me more resources. So like, I need to up the price as well. So I think I liked your idea, but also, or, you know, so like, cause you're right. It, it does very much depend on what BSG want to do. Like if there's certain items that they say, Hey, we do not want people buying this. We want it to be sold out more often than not, mm. then that's fine. And then there's some items where that's not the case. Right. It's like fine. If like SKSs go up to like, Two million, for example, <laughs> you know. But uh, if if the goal is like we just want the trader to really tax everyone equally, let's say you know, like really, really gap price gouge people out or or whatever, you know, because um, that that would that, honestly, the more I think about that, that would be kind of crazy. Like let's let's say BP right was like just the thing. Let's hypothetically, all right, hypotheticals. Let's say BP 
let's say BP was on level one trader. All right, mm-hmm. whatever. Nothing. Yeah. Else. All right. So like BP is just like in crazy demand, right? So mechanic realizes this and or whoever Prepper and he was like, "Holy shit! Like I need to b- order more BP. I need to jack up the price." And meanwhile, all the other guns like the SKSs, the AKs, the thing that takes the BP, he's getting less and less stock of those because he's just like throwing all the the BP in there. And then eventually, you know, the demand for the AKs will go up. You know what I mean? But like all the other stuff, like the that he sells, like I don't know, Karan maybe. Like the stock's really less for that. The prices drop, but like people aren't buying. Like you, you could just see how like this thing could be pretty rampant. Where it's like, if if it's like tr- a true, you know, capitalist free market way, it's just like you could see. You could imagine like where packas are like the global limit's like three because no one's buying them. So little Billy logs in, and <laughs> I guess he's the only one buying them. But you know what I mean? It's just like. There's definitely potential for stuff to be really crazy, you know. You, yeah, you, you probably need to put some safeguards, but I, you know, I would, I would love just to see what no safeguards would look like. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be the wild west, maybe. Yeah, it would be interesting. There's so many cool ways you could do it dynamically. Like, I didn't even really think about like having, yeah, the traders they've got the they've got an amount of money and they like allocate it all to BP or whatever eventually because it's. Uh, the most profitable thing for them like you give them mm-hmm. some profit algorithm whatever and then they yeah. stop selling packers to the tibbies because it's like oh you're not profitable to me right so <laughs> f you i'm selling bp at two twenty thousand rubles to you know chadas mcchadki over here yeah <laughs> it can uh, be wild madness. yeah interesting um so i think that's i think that's ammo mm-hmm. i think that's ammo i don't there wasn't too much i think yeah other than like in the public eye, I think other than Glorious and and uh, Tiggs both agree. That's not Glorious. God, I've just got different people all on the brains. Too many, too many <laughs> creators. We've got Deadly Slob and Tiggs both agreeing that global limits should go. I think that's pretty much a resounding, you know, because like Deadly Slob's pretty much usually like the the old school kind of, you know, we've been through, and we'll see actually, we've been through this stuff before. Blah blah blah. Like you know, we can't just go back to the old ways because there were issues, um, which we're kind of going to come on to now. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's basically it. everyone pretty much agrees that something needs to change there. Now, finding raid is obviously a bit more complicated, which is the next like main topic. And this all like restarted. Like this has been like bumble- bubbling along under the surface since the last time, but it all kind of like resurfaced again. Um, and I've been, I've been on Twitter way more than I honestly should be over the past week. But it all resurfaced because of uh, a glorious e post he made, which was where he basically said, hot take, make PvP rewarding again, um, maybe remove the Fanny Raid system, but only apply it to quest items. Still time for the game to change to still in beta, or maybe remove the flea market restrictions so we can actually buy whatever we want. Give me your thoughts, everyone, because Gear Fear has taken over so many people. The, like, the precursor to this, which I thought was really great, actually, um, is there was a, like, yeah, tons of people have been talking about like ratting and stuff. It's all kind of related, but um, somebody posted and, and wrote like, so I haven't played in a minute. Did they change Pika's advantage or something? Why is everyone playing slow? Um, and Glorious basically <laughs> just replied and just said, nothing changed. It's just what the meta is, which I was like, oh, I love Glorious. It's like so straight talking. But it's interesting that this question has like come back around again, because this was kind of what, I mean, we talked about this not six months ago, I don't think. And, yeah, uh, you did a video you know, on it, right? I did a video on it and proposing some kind of solution. And, you know, I spent like, I spent like five hours talking to people on my own Discord about it, trying to like brainstorm ideas and like, I didn't come up with the perfect solution, but it was it was the beginning at least. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I've got a pretty good framework or like I've, I've at least thought it through very, very strongly. 
which yeah. is a good it's a good foundation for coming into a discussion like this. And I, I posted here and a few other places. I, I'm you know I'm probably just like annoying people at this point, but I've posted a few few times like removing fine made on its own reintroduces hatchlings. It allows trader items to get flipped again on the flea market, and it shortens the wipe cycle. Any new solution needs to cover these bases, right? And a lot of people, I don't know, well, not a lot of people, but like some people feel when I'm talking about this kind of thing that I'm somehow like defending fine and raid. And I think like if you, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go back through our old cast to find it, but I have never really liked fine and raid that much. Yeah, I think that's pretty, uh, I think we've both been pretty critical of fine and raid. Yeah. Like, I like the outcomes that it's brought. Right, absolutely. Because it does fix those things. Um, and then there was, yeah, so it's like, and buying through quests is another one that I usually like leave off because it's kind of, that's sort of like, uh, people say like, finding, like, like, um, like Gloria said, right, find a made system, but only apply it to quest items. That's mm -hmm. why usually people give that caveat. So that's why I normally don't include that one because like that one's just covered pretty easily. It's like, oh, just keep finding raid on quest items. Then that, then that solves that problem. Right? So it's like, it's a very, very easy one to solve. But people talk about removing Fighting Raid, and you have to figure out a way of like getting rid of these other problems because hatchlings were so annoying um, at one point. You know, you'd have like half the raid made up by hatchlings, and it just makes the game incredibly boring because there's nobody there to actually like actually play the game in a real way. You just like kill a hatchling, but he's got a lead X in his butt already, and he dies, and that's it. That's just the end of it. Um, like you have to somehow fix the whole trader flipping thing. Like it's that's easy said than done. Yeah, but I think I came true. up with a I think I came up with a good solution for that, which is like having another tag. And like, yeah, you can cheese it yeah. by going in like sniping into raids on unpopulated times and servers with your friends and swapping gear and stuff. Like, yeah, maybe you can do that. That's fine. Um, but in the discussions that I've had with people about that, it's like it sh a it shouldn't really be worth it. And in all the solutions that I've proposed, like one thing that I don't think we should ever do is get rid of the flea market restrictions. I think the flea market bans. They actually fix a lot of stuff. They, they're actually for because I do say like shortening the wipe cycle for Friday Raid, which is sort of true. But it's like Friday Raid is actually only a little piece of short of like fixing the short wipe cycle. Like the, the flea market bans actually fixes like 80% of the problems and Friday Raid fixes 20. Because imagine you got rid of Friday Raid and somebody had a slick. You can't sell it on the flea anyway because mm -hmm. the slick's banned on the flea. So there's two, there's two separate things. Like Friday Raid and flea bans are two separate things. And I, I actually don't think the game can take the flea bans being removed like you can fiddle around at the edges and maybe like add one thing or take another thing away like you could probably sell 56a1 on the flea now and that would probably be fine you could probably sell bt on the flea now and that would probably be fine because of the way that they brought the ammo back to like level 16 level 15 anyway it's basically around the same time as you get to the flea so it wouldn't break anything but should you be able to sell bp on the flea like hell no should you be able to sell slicks on the flea no like altins no like that's just not i don't think that's ever gonna I don't think that's ever going to work. You're never going to be able to balance that properly, and it's always going to cause like huge problems. So, the shortening wipe cycle thing. Actually, I think if you keep the flea bands there, like say you kill somebody and they've got a trooper on, like that's a, that's fine, honestly, because you can buy that on the fleet anyway. Like, yeah, it probably would increase the the or decrease the price of them. But I don't think like I don't think class four armor is necessarily an issue in of itself. You can defeat class four armor pretty readily. Um, and if you wanted to relax stuff, I think that I honestly think every class four armor could be allowed on the fleet. Actually, I don't I don't see the reason why a lot of the rigs aren't allowed. Um, it's like the A A eighteen, like some of the ones we talked about, like in the previous cast, like recently about some of the class fours that just are never never bought, like A eighteen and stuff. Like sometimes you find them on like Rashad's guards and things, but they're just they're not allowed on the fleet, so you can't buy them. Um, and it's really it's really odd. 
so I think that'll be fine. But like, keep class five and class six banned. Keep all the guns that are banned at the moment banned. Keep all the ammo that that's on there banned at the moment. But yeah, I think honestly the biggest problem is like is the hatchlings thing. And one thing that's confused me is in part of the discussions I was having, I think it was actually Tix who was like, "Oh well, the hatchlings thing has been solved ages ago, but BSG won't do it, which is locking the container." But the but part of their argument about like finding raid being so bad is because people can't like secure an item away and then go into PvP, so they have to leave a raid straight away. But locking the container it does that, but worse. Yeah. Like beforehand, you could grab a GPU, put it in right. your ass, and then go and fight in PvP. And if you die, you still have it. Yeah. Now, if you do that, you can still use the GPU yourself. It's just not as valuable as it used to be. If you lock the container, that GPU is in your in your bag. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes it, it actually makes that worse yeah. than anything else. So and this is the thing. I actually think like the hatchlings problem is almost one of the hardest things to fix mm-hmm. out of the whole um, finding way thing. Because like my solution wasn't really that great. It was like scavs stationed around the 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 areas and like and a sort of a time to add stuff to your secure container like you could still put stuff in but like it's on a timer i don't know like the only other solutions that seem like kind of okay is like you get like you alter the run through mechanic so that if you don't get a run through so you get enough xp you don't get a run through your stuff is still fine in raid so you, like you have like a yeah. die run through and a non die run through that's the right. only way that i could see to fix it but like Fundamentally, like we, we spoke probably for a whole cast about this, and it all depends on whether you think that should even be a thing and whether you think that's symptomatic of the problem. I kind of feel that like the finding raid and the inability to keep a GPU in your butt while you go fight, I don't think that's necessarily the biggest problem with fighting. And we'll come on to that in, in a bit. But I don't actually necessarily think that that will fix everything. Like giving people the ability, even though I, I, I actually I built it as part of my structure, right, to allow people to die with stuff in their secure container and sell it on the flea. I don't actually, I don't actually know how much that would help after like a lot of reflection after making the video and hearing all the feedback and thinking about it for six months, I don't know whether that would necessarily incentivize people to fight more and make PvP more dynamic and whatever. I don't necessarily think it would. Like I know container. there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, or, or even, no, allowing people to put stuff in the container and have them die with it. I don't think it would necessarily even fix them. people wanting to fight. And, depends. And it, and it depends on your viewpoint as to whether you even think that needs to be fixed. Honestly. I know there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, um, I guess one thing I would say is it really just is going to come down to what type of game, you know, BSG wants slash what people want. Because, like, I totally agree. If you lock the container, you are going to incentivize people to play safe, like to, to prioritize survival. I mean, don't get me wrong. OK, when I was playing back in the day when Foundry wasn't a thing and you could flip GPUs that you shoved in your butt. It was a great feeling going interchange, rushing into a store, grabbing a GPU. That's like, okay, let's go chase gunshots now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because you're you're literally your kit is paid for. Like, it feels as if you're on a scav rate at that point. Um, which you know is fine for like action, but like to me, like for me, I like Tarkov for the intensity of it. You know, like. The found and raid scenario where I found the lead X, right? You know, it's like I need to survive to make this count as like a win, you know? Yeah. And it's like when you get into those situations where your survival is being threatened, it is very intense. And to sort of put this into perspective, I feel that 
you know, I've definitely been in this case. And I feel that a lot of the influencers um, to talk, you know, often talk about this topic of Fountain Raid are sort of numb to the intensity of Tarkov, right? I mean, they, mm. they play the game constantly. I mean, it's their job, essentially. Uh, they're typically very high skilled, right? Um, because they play the game so much. And they actually are not often that challenged. So they have to sort of make the game challenging by going for like these 1v3s, you know, these weird, goofy things, strategies, you know, builds and stuff um, to sort of like get that intensity. And I've, I've felt that in my play too, you know, early on is like, I, yes, like I wanted to, to actively fight three people and it was like very, you know, intense, mm. but it's sort of like replacing that feeling and some of that like weird uh enjoyment that i was losing of tarkov and i was trying to like figure out why am i not enjoying the game you know it's like is it x is it the flea market whatever but anyways so putting that perspective i i just i just think like it's a survival game first and foremost so we should just i understand like i like the container like i like it conceptually um Obviously, the part I don't like is the uh, this idea of like you know having transforming your survivability into like meaningless. You know, it's just like it's very like game breaking. You know, yeah. um, like just think of like Rust or Daisy if you had a container there, just like change. Like Daisy, I can't really think of. I don't play Daisy a lot, but like Rust, oh my god, it would be so like it just it would just completely changes the game some of the like crazy game breaking stuff you could do so i don't know it's just like it's a tough thing but i i i pers- that's what i like about tarkov i like the intensity so i want don't get me wrong i like the action and combat too but first and foremost i i enjoy the intensity so like if they want to do the combat intensity i personally say arena is going to be that right so yeah. why you know i let's let's keep let's keep the game first and foremost about survival and like to that's essentially why fountain raid was put in in the first place because people were literally completing the game by going in pressing f on their quest item and disconnecting and turning it in it's just yeah. like that's not like that's come on guys Exactly. That's not the way that it was ever designed, right? And that, yeah. again, it it it's, it takes the intensity away too. Mm-hmm. It short circuits what is supposed to happen with these things, and it short circuits the intensity. And so it's yeah, you can complete the stuff that way, but like it's not enjoyable, and it robs the player who's playing in the correct way, like the easiest way, of the experience of playing exactly. the way that it was intended. That's the thing. Like if you could, you know, if you could just get like infinite money glitch or whatever by pressing mm-hmm. X, Y, Z in the hideout, like people would do it, but it would ruin the game. Yes. And so the game shouldn't have infinite money glitch. Like it's just, it's, it's an obvious like design argument like that. And, um, and, and you said it exactly is that it like more importantly, it ruins the, the experience for them. Like they're depriving themselves of the experience. I think that's the yeah. important, most important part. Yes, and it's but it's not even necessarily their fault. Like it's the game, oh, yeah. it's the game and the game design's job to mm. force the player into the experience that the game should be designed to have, 
not the player to not play the maximal op, you know, exactly. maximal way to get the experience that they should be getting. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's <laughs> on the game, not on the player to provide that experience. It's on the player to try to you know work get to fight against the game mm-hmm. to get that experience in that way. You know, just to to overcome the hurdles that the game puts in place. And if the game is designed in one way, you know, you've got the game the game's designed with, you know, ten things you need to jump over, but there's a track around the outside that you could just walk around. Well, People are going to walk around the track. They don't need to jump over the stuff or do all the crazy things. They're just going to walk around because it's the easy way. But to block off the track is what the game should be doing to you know, make people actually engage in the actual game. Right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just so hard to like, solve all these things. And you know, you, it's, there's so many people who've like, replied to various things on mine, just like, oh, why don't they just do this? And I'm just like, yeah, well, that fixes this, but it doesn't fix that. Why don't they just do that? Yeah, well, that fixes the first one. It doesn't fix number two. Like, we, you, you need to come mm-hmm. up with something that fixes it all. You can't just you can't just do it all. You can't just do it all. Um, somebody mentioned in chat landmarks take, and I do actually have landmarks post up because I thought it was interesting. At least he said mm-hmm. increase trader buyback percentage on guns, ammo, attachments, armor, etc. to like ninety percent to the original purchase price. If they don't want to change the fleet, this makes looting from PvP way more valuable. Which is interestingly exactly what I suggested in my video when I did it. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, except I included the dog tags in there as well to be like ten times the price, something like that. Like, yeah, maybe you can cheese it, whatever. And people are like, oh, but they could just get cheese it from teammates. And like, BSG have already made the dog tags from teammates one. Like, yeah, you could snipe into each other's raids to get your dog tags that are worth like eighty k. Like, is yeah. anyone gonna like? If people are gonna do that, like, whatever. You can just have your rubles. I don't care. Like it, right. it doesn't affect it's the vast majority small, of people, yeah. and you have to like really try. You know, you have to have to snipe into each other's raids so you're not part of the same group. Like I don't even know, make make them find a raid or something, uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like it's such a small population; it just doesn't really matter. But anyway, so he said that I agree with him. I've said it before. I think it's a good thing. BSG have already increased the amount the the amount that traders buy back stuff for actually. So it's not like, you know, if you get an M- MMAC, you don't just sell it back for like 30K. It is a lot more now. It's like 60 or 70 or whatever. It is a lot better than it used to be, but it's still, it's still not where, where I think it should be. Like the traders shouldn't take such a wide margin on that kind of thing, especially given that you can't. Like it was, it was more problematic before when you could just buy, sell stuff freely from the flea market. You could just like store your gear in the flea for like a 10%, you know, price or price for whatever like the, the flea market price has never changed that much so you could just sell all the things that you had and then just buy them when you needed them because the prices didn't fluctuate that much like it's not really the same as that anymore because you have to buy from the traders in for most in for most parts with these high tier armors they are getting quite expensive um and the traders value now is like very wide compared to it's less bad than it was but it's quite wide compared to the the original price for a lot of these things um but i, I do want to flip over to the the other side of this which is um i bring back deadly slob again because he's you know old school og and has a different mentality on this where he said possible hot take tarkov's loot economy is the strongest it's ever been finding raid has been a net positive for the game rmt hatchet runs questing progression was just wild content burnout was significant and players complained constantly about amon armor he said the grass isn't greener on the other side we played the game with open flea for a long time the changes that happened to the market the consequences of problems that needed to be resolved that being said crafting times are dumb and should be changed right so he, he agrees that something that you know, crafting takes too long for a lot of ammo but he's right and the, the thing the, the most important part about the way that deadly's worded it is finding raid has been a net positive for the game yeah i, would I, I agree, agree. I agree. Do I like Final Raid? Not really. Was it necessary? <laughs> yes. Did it solve the problems that it was designed to solve? It did. Do I like it? No. 
Well, so I, I think he's right. It's, it's a net positive, but, and, and that's the thing. We don't want to go back to those problems. Yeah. And it, any new solution needs to fix those problems before it can be used. It fixed some problems. Well, yeah, I would say it fixed, it fixed those problems and it also introduced other problems, I think is another way of saying it. To sort of describe what that idea of like, you know, it's a good thing, but we don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting. Um, I think like, yeah, I think we both agree with, with his particular take. But I mean, there's, there's, also, there's also another side. And the problem with a lot of these arguments is because it's complicated, there's, you know, it, here's the whole about the conversation and different conversations pick on this pocket. And then once people are like, oh, but then what about this bit? Oh, and then what about this bit? And what about mm-hmm. this bit? And is mm-hmm. it like, especially something like Twitter, it's just like not really the right forum for yeah. it because the topic is too large and there's too many interconnected pieces that you never get like the full picture about what people are talking about. You need to like hone in on each thing and t- take it on its own before you can put everything back together. And there's another piece that a lot of people reference to, which is important um, for the conversation at least, which is about uh, RMT. Because mm-hmm. finding RAID is also partly about RMT. It stops people, it stops a hacker from going into RAID picking up a LEDX, leaving the raid with Friday raid, going into a factory raid with some guy, going down to gate three or wherever, giving them the LEDX, both of them leaving, and the guy who's bought it off him selling it on the flea market. That is also partly what finding raid is for. This is its whole own other thing. This is complicated because as we predicted, as you make flea market restrictions harder, as you make item limits harder on players, can't transfer keys anymore, you know, finding raid means you can't bring in loot and you have to just sell it to the traders you see an increase in carry service. And carry services ha- interact more strongly with the, pl- with the player base. Cheaters being in raids, hoovering up items with you know, loot vacuum or whatever, or like even mm. just speed hacks and running into resort. The impact that it has on the average gamer is that the map is like sparse of high value items sure. for the most part. That's like the biggest impact. That's very difficult to detect for the average player. Like It just seems like you're just never finding good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you still will because it's not a cheater in every raid. And... Um, but it's like it's almost impossible to detect, right? Because everyone's on their own little anecdotal experience. Yeah. The problem with carry service is that those people are like incentivized to be more aggressive towards yeah. players. They're kind of just like, well, you know, they might get banned more. Fine. Like, yeah, they're going to go around the map and like hoover everything up. But what they do is they take a, you know, take a big bag, take their Timmy with them, hoover up mm-hmm. all the loot, and then drop the bag for whoever is not cheating, right? So the player who's taking the carry service isn't cheating. So it's really hard to detect. They're not transferring items from one player's stash to another. So that's that's really hard to detect. Yeah. And so now, so now, like people are getting shot by carry service people all the time. I've I've seen it on Tig's stream actually. Like I, I know Tig's complains a lot, but like I've seen him be shot by carry service people, and it's so obvious because there's like a guy with literally no gear and a dude decked out in like yeah. fast MT with the thingies, whatever, who like aim aim bots him from a million miles away with the tree bag on. Like it's the most obvious blatant thing of all time. It do- and it does happen. And um, and the problem with that is that it interacts much more strongly with the player base. But yep. the, the argument is, right, and I, I know I'm talking a lot, but there's a lot to this, to this whole like, conversation in general. Mm-hmm. The argument is, take Finding Raid away and take the restrictions away on the regular players because that means that cheaters will then be able to go around hoovering loot up again and then they won't have to bother us anymore. Which is kind I of mean, the argument. And as time is going on, I kind of feel like I'm getting there. <laughs> like, BSG can't stop the hackers. They just, they can't. Right. So, you know, allow people to transfer keys to each other anymore. Stop removing, like, stop people being able to like not carry more than two beta bags on them at any one time. Like all of these things are really annoying for all the actual players. Do they stop RMT? 
Clearly not. You know, we had high hopes when all this stuff came in in the first place. It doesn't really change anything. All that happens is now people do carry service instead. Like there's ways of doing it always. So I'm starting to get into the point of just like, you just, and, it's, and this is down on BS, this, it's on BSG for detection. This is it. It's like BSG on, on their anti-cheat. And if they can't do it, then so be it, right? Let them loot, loot vacuum the map up and sell RMT items to, to players. Like as long as they leave regular people alone, then, then whatever. Like I think the RMT battle has to be solved through the cheating battle. And I think it's time to accept that putting more restrictions on actual players has, hasn't worked and is just like detrimental to the player base. Honestly, I'm, I'm actually getting to that point now. I really am. Yeah. Whether I mean, that's a hot take or not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> based? Question mark? <laughs> I, I don't know. Me and, me and a friend of mine had a discussion around, like, pretty much similar to this is like, you know, the, I, essentially the founding rate is like really annoying, right? For like, you know, uh, for the players engaging with it, right? It's like, oh, I mm-hmm. can't sell this because it's not found ready, whatever. And it's like, is there anything like wrong per se with someone taking? I mean, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's so tricky because it's like, you do this and then it's like, we're basically saying it's okay that people pay cheaters to get gear in, in RMT. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine because. Like, we're allowing the thieves and whatnot to, like, ah, thieves is probably not good, but we're allowing the criminals, so to speak, to do business, as long as they don't, as long as they don't do it in front of us, you know, as long as it's, like, mm. behind, like, we, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect us directly, you know, but, like, yeah, obviously, indirectly, it's affecting you, because, you know, they're taking loot, it's just, like, you're not aware of it, right, and then they're giving, transferring loot to other people, and, like, you know, now they have, I don't know, it's just, I, I, I mean, I, I get it, but I just, I think what this is, ultimately, is a battle of, I don't know what you call it, like, price gouging, or like, market gouging, or like, tariffs or something, but like, BSG needs to tax the cheating service in, like, this market, to where it's, like, not profitable, and the problem with that is... For a you know, depending on your circumstances and context, it's going to be very profitable for you. Like if you're living in a country where the you know cost of living is very low, mm-hmm. and your the currency receiving U.S. dollar dollars converts to you know three four times into your currency, you know you're you're probably doing very well for yourself. Yeah. And added the benefit that you're playing a video game, you know. It's like it's probably not a bad gig in some of these uh situations. So that's gonna be really hard for them to directly like effectively tax these people to where it's like not profitable for them. Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And I think one of the like big issues with it is that it's quite a uh it's a difficult topic for BSG because BSG's angle on this is like, you know, we're fighting the cheating battle mm-hmm. as we always do. And we have all of these RMT restrictions in place to like do, and we're doing all we can. Yeah. Whereas this take is much more like you've lost the battle. Mm-hmm. 
And now you're just accepting the least worst situation. Like it's quite a big shift in mentality to do that. Like I'm, I'm sort of. I mean, I, I say that, but it's 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 sort of like that, right? Like you're basically having to accept some failings to wind back some of the things that you've that you've done, right? Uh, but the thing is, like they can still carry on with the actual like cheating. Like people who are doing carry servers are still cheating in the game, right? So there's still there's still the possibility of going after those people who are cheating, going after people who are cl- who are clearly doing. RMT. I mean, I don't know how, but there's there's data for analytics ways, right? Like they don't play in the the way that an ordinary person plays Tarkov. So there's ways of detecting it. Whether they do a good job or that, I mean, that's that's just, that's up to you and whatever you think about you know BSG's ability to do this kind of stuff, which I think a lot of people are you know, realistically quite limited in their belief about how they can solve these things versus like other developers or other software developers in other fields, even just because I mean, it's not really yeah. BSG's like. It's not their speciality. They're a small. They're not. They're not really indie anymore. But they're a small-ish studio in like a double A, in like in a non in a non-target location. So mm-hmm. can they even get the people who have the expertise to deal with it? Like probably not. So maybe they need to be more realistic as well and like wind back some of these changes. I don't know. Like the more that I thought about it, and the more that I've just like read people's discussions about it and whatnot, I kind of like I kind of understand where people are coming from. The, the one thing, actually, the one thing that I will say that is slightly different is that um, Glorious put another post up about um, about hatchlings, basically saying, I would rather fight hatchlings in, in Raid. What, where, did he, where did he say this? I, do says, I still have on you? Oh, yeah. I don't... I don't mind fighting hatchlings who grab the loot over dying to a carry service or a rage hacker then then sells my shit over eBay for $5. Now, the problem that I find with, with that take is that I don't think those things are the same at all. I think, like... I think like hatchlings is a container thing. Like they, they only yeah. they only so happen to be the same thing right now because of the way finding raid like they're they're too finding raid and the, all the RMT restrictions and stuff are the reason why there's the carry services there. And the, but the fact that when you die with loot in your container, it's not finding raid. That's the thing that deals with hatchlings. So like they're sort of coincidentally linked, but they don't have to be. They're only linked because of the way that the systems are designed right now. Like you you can you could have those things separate. So there are you know. If you, I don't know. Let, let me think. If you, if you removed, that's that's it's it's hard. There's like a, there's sort of a correlation there. Like if you removed finding raid, then actually right. could come back, but then RMT probably would go back to normal rather than doing like mm-hmm. carry service. So, but those I just feel like they're like sort of coincidentally linked together rather than just. Uh, so like you like you you don't you don't need to accept. If you take away finding raid, you don't need to accept hatchlings. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that does. Yeah, but I guess. Yeah, I guess what what he's saying is that. In the case that you do remove fountain raid, he would much rather deal with hatchlings versus cheaters. You know. Yeah, That's kind I of mean, I guess saying. I guess it's sort of valid. I guess it's sort of valid. You say you remove finding raid, you keep the flea market restrictions. That stops the early game getting completely blown up. You um, you keep quest items as found in raid. As found in raid. Well, basically ev- everything's found in raid except for trader bought items, which can which has its own flag. And then you do nothing about hatchlings. That's what he's saying. So then the, the carry service goes away, but people are people are hatchet running again. So, question: Do people still hatch around interchange of loot GPUs in your, or you know, high value items? Do they put Linuxes in their butt in this 
in this scenario. new model, I guess, I guess, because we haven't done it. We haven't fixed the hatching problem. We've just okay. like left it. Or we alternatively lock the container. We do all this stuff and we lock the container mm -hmm. and we say to hell with it. Because that's like topic number three is the ratting meta, which is, I guess we'll come on to in a second. Um, but like you could lock the container and that fixes hatchlings. It just means that people are more scared with their loot. Yeah, which then, so it doesn't, which then impacts the, the ratting meta thing. The PvP, which is what all these right. guys want. So it's like the, these things are tied hand in hand. But like maybe you just do it. Maybe you say, do we think that people having GPUs in their butt actually matters that much? Do you want to fight the guy who's scared who has a GPU in his butt? Like, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't matter so much. Maybe the maybe other changes matter more. Yeah. Maybe other changes matter more. Um, um If I may just comment on a few things. Mm -hmm. Um back to the cheating discussion around you know, this whole idea of removing found array to have the cheaters. You made a statement something about like uh, you know, because she can't solve the problem. And, you know, I I would say that no one it's not a solvable problem, right? It's not say I think uh who who was the guy? You remember when like Goat and One Peg and Pestil or not Pestili Veritas? They all had a chat with the guy, uh the uh, the Riot dev that worked on the anti-cheat for Riot um, for Valorant. Do you remember that? Did you uh, watch oh, yeah. that? I did watch. I think I watched half of it, yeah. Yeah. But they were so, talking about like building it from scratch, right? Well, I mean, it was part of the game and they got as many resources as they wanted, so... Yeah, I mean, that definitely was part of the discussion, but, you know, it was overall about, like, cheating and anti-cheats and one of the things he said or maybe someone asked him but it, it, he basically said that you know like what's an acceptable percentage of cheating and his, his mm. response was like well there is no acceptable ideally but realistically there is an acceptable number right and, we, and you try to like play for that because you're not you're just not going to it's this is a very like cat and mouse game that yeah we're talking about here um, and, and, you know, he had some solutions where I, anyways, I won't get into it. It's, it's a interesting video, um, kind of like shed light into that subject, but that's what I would say is like, we're, you know, we're never going to like solve BSG or whatever. We're like, they're never going to solve this issue. The question is like, what's, what are we going to like, what's a top, what's tolerable for us? And I, I would say me personally. Let's target the people, like cheating, obviously, right? But there's this sort of like sub issue of Tarkov where we have this found and raid, this RNT, uh, black market economy, and I would say let's target the buyers and not the sellers as much because a, if you target the buyers, they're just gonna keep like whatever. It's like the cost of doing business, you know, they get banned whatever they go buy another stolen account or steal account or whatever like they're mm -hmm. it's the cost of business doing business because you know i'm assuming that it's people people are doing this because it's profitable for them that's yeah. my base baseline assumption um so target the buyers because they're going to be the ones out the most like my friends you know i've said this before but one, one of my fr we'll say friends of friends <laughs> hmm. he bought rmt back in the day when I, I there was no i'm pretty sure founder raid wasn't a thing and essentially 
the story is, you know, he came in late to the wipe. He had like a really long work month or something. And he was like really bummed out. Like he's going to have to like catch up with us. And so he bought RMT, he bought like Red Rebel, Slit Sick, a gun and stuff. And he did it all through the market, if I recall. I know some of it was done through the market, but like he traded a bandage for like an M4 or something, like a Red Rebel, right? And he got banned, which presumably because BSG was tracking, you know, they're, they're logging something, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm operating on a lot of assumptions here, but I'm assuming they're logging stuff. So he got, he got banned based off maybe it was the flea market transaction ID or whatever, you know, something was flagged. Maybe the seller was already on the list somewhere. I don't know, but he got banned. So what happened? He was out for like three or six months as a temp ban. And so, but he still wanted to play. So he had to buy a new account. So he literally, spent, he has two accounts <laughs> and he got, he got the old one back, but he's like, not only did he buy his original account, now he bought RMT, which maybe was like 20, 30 bucks. I don't know. And then now he bought another account. So he's like, you know, $199 in or whatever the total is. It's just like, for him, it's like, and has, to my knowledge, he hasn't done RMT. I don't know if he has, but I guess the point is like, he learned his lesson. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I just, I just, that's sort of my thought on the RMT is like, I think we should target the buyers and perhaps maybe the whole carry thing is a bit targeted more towards the sellers i don't know i mean i just i just don't know that's that's my initial thought and then you know how the shoot what was the other thing i was gonna say i don't remember slip my mind when that happens well should we move on to the the current meta um before we run out of time, because yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure when we started. I don't know how long it is because we spent quite a while setting up because of the new, the new tech. But anyway, um, this kind of like feeds into what it's it's like quite a natural progression. I'm actually I'm actually in the middle of doing a, like a video about this. I, I actually do want to do some like a discussion video about it because there's a lot to it and a lot of interesting things. And I wanted to wait until we did this talk just to flesh everything out, make sure that everything's kind of like in line. There's nothing I've forgotten. Um, so like the ratting thing. That's what a lot of people are talking about, like right now. You move, you die. Yeah, it's the the phrase of the week, <laughs> the phrase of the month. Um, I think it's a Tiggs phrase actually, but uh, it's interesting because, like, as Laurie said, right, nothing has changed. It's just what the meta is. Like, right hand peaks haven't changed. Like, I speculated on Twitter that like maybe the networking had made a difference because you know you can't like you can't uh, peak as advantage somebody quite as much but a lot of people are like no it just feels back the same way as it used to be and i, I can't remember whether they like rolled because they, they rolled some networking stuff back or whatever so i don't know i was just i was speculating i wasn't really like super strong about you know whether it is or not i just wanted to see what people's thoughts were and a lot of people said no so i mean we'll just take that for what it is for the time being but the question is like why why are people scared to move and i think it is i think it is partly uh it is partly just a psychology thing, the fact that everybody's saying it, and like that's the meta, that's just what happens. But after a lot of different conversations that I've had with lots of different people, like some people blame it on finding raid and the fact that you can't put stuff in your secure container, which I, as I said before, I don't think is necessarily the real answer. Like the fact that staying still gets you easier, it gets you easier kills is kind of like one of my answers that I've given in the past, which yeah. is true, but like why is that the reason? And I think after going through 
lots of different like iterations of this to speaking to tons of different people just across twitter and seeing their responses and seeing their tweets whatever like i've got stuff from all sorts of people which is kind of cool i think i've sort of boiled it down in my mind to um mostly the audio and i think the headset audio changes that were made probably make the biggest have made the biggest impact on this in general there's other things there's other factors but i think audio may be the one um and who got me down this particular uh rabbit hole of of stuff was uh dan excerpt actually on my tweet um i'm gonna find i'm actually just gonna find his now because i don't i don't have it up for some reason but he replied to me um in the conversation that i was having with hayes about like slow pay meta it was actually in the same one i was talking about with the networking thing and he said um I think that there's a, a, an issue with dynamic range, largely due to ear protection having a strong compression. This reduces the difference in amplitude or, or audio volume between loud and quiet sounds, making it more difficult to judge the distance based on how loud something is. Some ear protection has stronger compression than others, resulting in a less precise dynamic range, which is harder to judge distance based on sound source volume. Ironically, I tend to find I play better in an Alton with the volume higher because of judging distance better, which was kind of interesting. Um, and there was kind of like a counterpoint sort of from J-Dog who was like, if you played the maps enough and memorized the sound cues, he basically said, I disagree. You can, you can echo locate PMCs from a single footsteps if you know like the, the map and know which surface is where. Um, and he thinks that the fact that Tarkov doesn't have silent movement is part of the problem. Now, he said like, it's not even about our hearing distance, which is too far. And the reason why he said that was because I had originally said like, why is audio different now versus the way it has been in the past or in other games? And maybe the because the audio range is so high, it makes people's location very indistinct, right? And the reason and reason why that is, right? Say you hear somebody now and you're wearing contact fours, somebody could legitimately be 110 meters away. So you've got 0.1 of a kilometer a circle around you of where somebody obviously it's directional right but like you've got a cone in front of you where somebody could be that cone is absolutely enormous at the moment and part of yeah. the problem is that that's the point at which people stop moving when they hear somebody else yeah so if you dramatically decrease the hearing range of people or if you just i don't you just dramatically was the wrong word i don't even need to say that but if you decrease the hearing range of players players will then actually have more accurate information on where people are you can vary the range of the sound more strongly like the gradient is bigger think about this right somebody's right next to you they make this this much sound try to do it on on camera with a delay this much sound and then like at 110 meters they make no sound well if somebody's like if you shorten the audio range right look at the steepness of this line it's like really shallow if you then shorten the audio range down to here well now it's really obvious if someone's close to you they're super loud if they're a little bit further away like it drops off super quick you know and so the fact that the audio range is so long, I think actually propagates part of this issue because that's as you should, right? As soon as you hear another player, most people stop moving and just don't, right. and don't make any sound because if one player stops moving and the other doesn't, you're just giving away directional audio the whole time and you're just allowing yourself to just be killed as soon as the person sees you. They just track you with the audio until they see you and then you die because you don't know where they are because they're not making any sound at all. So shortening down that, I think it would actually help. And also it means that at the moment, it's basically impossible to flank. Because the audio range is so loud, you can't actually yeah. flank properly and get to a new position without them just freaking hearing you the whole time. So there's no way to get an angle on somebody without them just 
yeah, tracking and or echolocating you as JDog, but like echolocating you as you move around. And I think like the audio distance is honestly one of the huge, this is one of the big problems. Like this, the compression thing is, is an issue for hearing people at distance. It is hard, but the audio range is just wild now. I don't think it was this crazy before, but like since they changed the headsets, it's so mad now that you can hear somebody from so far away. It's, it's mad. I think that is honestly one of the biggest issues. I mean, I do feel like in general in Tarkov, the it's sometimes weird, like you're sniping, and maybe this is just because of like elevation and how that works with audio, but you know, you're like sniping and then you can just like clear as day, hear someone running like medium distance from you. Like they're not far away, like sniping distance, but like maybe like the 80 meters rain, they're like sprinting, and it sounds as if they're sprinting almost right next to you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I guess maybe now that's a lot more pronounced with the new audio, or sorry, the new uh, uh, headset rework, um, which I, I find quite problematic, this idea of, like, you're, it's like you're sprinting, and, like, I feel like I've had on streets happen recently. The guy is, like, you know, I'm, like, in the building, and then I just hear someone sprinting, like, across the street from me, you know? I just find that kind of, like, problematic. Yeah. Um, because he's he's like this is the other issue which um and just there's such, so much to talk about but like one of the things i find problematic as well is like the way the maps are in tarkov and they're designed and i feel like it's very intentional is like you can be shot from like a million angles half the time and so it is extremely difficult to move from one point to another and you know, there's variation in, like, people spawn and, like, where people want to go and stuff. Like, it, it's very nerve-wracking when you first, like, when you're first learning the game, it is very nerve-wracking. Like, you feel like you're going to die at every, every turn. And eventually, you sort of build this idea of, like, just sprinting from, like, you know, open fields, like, to get, or, like, wherever you're trying to go. Like, because you can't possibly clear every angle. And yeah. without, like, expo- like, a great example I can think of is, like, D2. Uh, you open up the the door into D t- the like D two looting area, like not not the I don't know the big metal grate floors of like the little room in the back with the filing cabinets. Mm. Um, you open up the door to that, and it's like you're immediately exposed to like someone directly in front of you. And then if you try to go out, you could be shot from your left. If the door's open. You could be shot from your right. Anywhere up and down in between. It's just like it's a nightmare to try to clear. And then you got to go down in D2, which is also, once you get to the little servers, there could be a guy in this server rack, there could be a guy in that server rack. If you peek the one on the left, you get shot from the right. Like, there's so many instances where this is, like, the case in Tarkov. So it feels like you're incentivized to run from, like, cover to cover. You know, maybe you check this spot, that spot, but you have to, like, move quickly, because the longer you linger, you've the longer you're exposed to all these various angles, right? But the Problem with that becomes because you're running, now you are louder. And then people hear you who are walking from here to here, and they hear you, they stop, and it's like, oh, well, this is just going to be a free kill because he's run because you're giving off a different uh, information, that being audio, the guy's sprinting. So I don't know. I, this is like, I think I mentioned um, like CSGO or like Counter Strike. Like they have silent walking mm-hmm. and. I think that's great because the game's like designed for like competitive play and like not having that ability would just be like really hard to like do anything 
on the map, yeah. right? Like, well, it, like CS is very different as well because it's like the, there's a round timer and it's short, and there's one defending team. Like CS is quite a campy game because one team's on defense and one team's on offense. But like, there's a timer that makes the people move, and without a way to move silently, like it's yeah, you just it's very very difficult to attack. But um, but we have to, we have silent movement in Tarkov too, right? Crouch walking is silent now. If you use yeah. it right now, so you could do that. But like, this is the this is the problem is like, in CS you have limited angles, right? I mean, it's like, it's not, it's designed in a very particular way, you know? Whereas, like, Tarkov is also designed in a way, but it's almost, like, counterintuitive. Like, yes, you have, like, you have limited resources, right? There's, it's an objective-based game, right? Plant, talking about playing the fuse or whatever it's called. So you got 5v5, limited resources, only so many people can defend here, so people can defend here. You can try like guess and stack. You can like rotate people based off what's happening in the match, right? But you know, you could fake stuff and then sneak across the other side, but you're not like during that sneaking process, you have limited angles to cover. So like it's fine if someone is also ratting and covering a flank, you know. There's mm. this idea of like lurking where whether you're attacking or defending, you sort of like play like lurk, like slow walk aggressively deep and behind enemy lines and then you like hold a position uh where you can like gather information or like potentially lurk all the way up to a flank behind enemy team that's one of my favorite roles and uh n- namely like get right for all the cs nerds. i think he's like one of the the best people at at this thing um anyways <laughs> that's kind of the issue is like okay well it's like if you have an issue with the with the uh, audio, just you know, silent walk everywhere. And it's like, well, that's not going to work because <laughs> there's so many angles half the time. So I just feel like either way, you're kind of like in a catch twenty two. So I'm not really sure what the right solution is. Caveat being, you make it scale, kind of as you're describing, where like it's it feels very uh, not linear, but like flat. And then there's a certain point where it drops off and you can't hear them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just rapidly. It's like very. Uh, again, it's like like as you describe. It's like here's your hundred meters. You can hear every. You can hear sprinting in this sound in this range, and it sounds vaguely the same volume. With you know, as long as I know with the hundred meters, but then it's like walking is like sixty meters. Or 30 meters or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, again, same volume and everything. And then silent walking, you just can't hear. Like, I think it would be more interesting if it was like, it's all volume based where like it scales. Cause Tarkov has a lot of ambient noise. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes like a game of like how much volume, instead of it being so like static, like I ADS, I'm exactly 30 meters away. He can't hear me. Whereas like it's a very cutoff. Whereas like, the volume plays, but like it's like one percent, you know. And then if they're really close to you, it's like a hundred percent, you know, something more scalable, I guess. Yeah, because it's not it's not that varied right now. Like I know when you know uh, there was that weird clip I had on the streets where I thought some guy was in the stairwell, but he was actually like running towards me because I couldn't determine. I thought he was running around the stairwell like this, but he was actually running directly at me because he was occluded through a wall, or whatever. And when I put mm. it into like Premiere. Like each sort of like second or whatever, as he was getting closer, it was like a single decibel higher. Mm. So like it did change, but it was so 
small. Like one decibel is not a lot. Um, right. And it was just so it was so small between the guy being at the door versus being at mm. my window. I just couldn't I couldn't tell in the moment. I just couldn't tell. Like yeah, maybe if you had more experience, like maybe a more experienced player who plays a lot more than me could right. play. But like you know, I played I played a decent amount, so it's it's not like I I don't play the game. Um, mm. Like and I I couldn't tell based on the map or whatever. And it's like yeah, like as J Dog says, you can echolocate people, but like when the audio is that weird, you get at those situations where. And because of the complexity of the maps, which is kind of what you alluded to, right? On CS, it's like, oh, well, the guy can only be right. there. That's another point. There's only, there's only one place to go. And Factory's kind of like that. That's one of the reasons why I quite like Factory, because when you hear stuff, you know where they're going to be, because unless you're in the office, which can get a bit confusing sometimes, mm. like, there's not that many places they can be. So you know that they're going to be holding this angle, or they're going to be down Glass Corridor, or they're going to be here, there, or wherever. Whereas, like, on streets, it's like, oh, well, they could be on any story of post office. Yeah. Or yeah. outside my window, right. or in the corridor, or in the like the shop front on the other side, or like maybe even on the main street. Like maybe not, but like you know, you know what I mean, right? It's like the, the map's so complicated that yeah. there's so many places. Like you hear the one piece of audio, and it could mean many different things, which is it's just a Tarkov thing because of the complexity. But it means that it needs to be you know more. There needs to be more graduations in the audio so you actually like figure out what's going on. But I don't know. I, I do feel that this whole thing has become about because of the audio. I'd be interested to go back and actually see like what the audio range was previously because I do think it's a lot longer than it was with these active headsets, especially some of the better ones. Um, I'm not sure. I think I've got somebody sent me Omni Actuals headset comparison, um, which I've been meaning to look at, and I actually have it up because I was like meaning to look at, it. and he did a video about it. Um, but there's like a spreadsheet that he that he has, okay. which basically shows like I haven't even really read it, but it's given we're talking about it, it's kind of interesting. It's like 70 kilograms running range in meters, 50 kilograms running range in meters, like unencumbered running range, that kind of thing. And and walking, running and walking. Um and it's like if you're running with I know most people don't wear contact fours, but if you're running with like 70 kilos, you can be heard 91 meters away. With contact force. Now it doesn't say what his skill is here. I don't know what his skill levels are with perception, because that also makes a difference. But even something pretty ordinary like um like the M32s, like you can hear somebody running with like overweight at 50 mm-hmm. kilos at 71 meters and hear them walking with no weight on at all at 53 meters. Yeah, see that like, I don't it's like a really that. long way, man. It's yeah. so long. That's I, I I guess based off what you said of the decibels increasing, you know, they were increased by one as he approached. I, I guess that range needs to be widened. You know, I would like it to be further away they are, you know, it's more significant how lower the volume is and the closer they get, it like rapidly increases. I, 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 don't, I don't know. This is such a tricky topic because there's so many, you know, Tarkov is trying to be very complex. And sometimes not everything is always that complex. So then you got, because we got what? The compression, the, the, the EQ on the headsets, you know, how they work. Because they got compression, they got different uh, EQ um, adjustments and curves based off the headsets to real life. You know, there's all these different volume levels, whatever. Uh, then you got um, uh, the audio in- engine itself. Then you got the plug-in being the uh what is it um binaural what who's is it unity or no who's whose is it it's uh some vr the, uh, company oculus oculus, oculus. Audio, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they got the oculus audio going into it uh then you got how the actual 
sound works in the game, you know, with the distances that it probably draws, a, you know, from a array from one player or like a, a linear line from one player, you know, what volume percentage, like there's so many parts in here. So I, and as you said, you know, like the case of CS, the vertical side of things, like you don't really like dust two. I'm sure most people are familiar with dust two. You know, there's the catwalk that leads up to bombsite a, I believe. Yeah. Um, and like, there's only one spot you can be underneath it, which is the CT spawn. And, if you're in that spawn and you hear someone walking in front of you or to your left and you're watching, I don't know, mid or whatever, like, you know, that most likely they're above you, right? Like it's cause there's just a wall there, you know, uh, they don't really implement a lot of cases where someone can be directly above you or beneath you. If you look at the maps, like yeah. Mirage is a good example. And there's like very few spots where that's the case. And then it's very pretty obvious where they would be if you get that cue. Uh, plus they got Steam Audio in, their own uh, HTRF or binaural audio solution that works. So it's like, it's a really tricky thing, man. Um, overall though, it's like the whole move or die. I, I kind of agree. You move, you die. Uh, but there's like so many reasons for that. And I think audio is probably the biggest one. Cause what do you think is the next one? What do you mean the next one? What do you think is the next most important thing? Like what 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 else outside of audio do you think is the reason for this? Do you think people are actually scared? Oh. Do you think people are like worried about cheating? Because there's there's lots of things that are like often spoken about that I just think aren't necessarily true. Like people are worried because you know finding raid. Like I don't think that's necessarily the reason why people are scared. It to can move. be. It can be very important though. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where it's like you got something like you're on the you're on the what uh com 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 duffs com duffs cmdfs oh yeah at least yeah. part two how long have you been on that quest for now i mean like well a couple of days or a couple of sessions i suppose all right so the next one you get and it's gotta be found in a raid right yeah you're gonna it's gonna be pretty tense right like you don't want to mm -hmm. have to do all this again so like you're probably gonna play more cautiously like i've been in situations where it's like it's so tense and i don't know what to do where it's like, I'm just going to sit here and pack mags. Or I'm going to just sit here and like think for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So that's it's true. like, I, I do feel like there's a bit of that. I don't know what's the most secondary contributing factor. Because again, it's, it's, that's so like, uh, in the case that we describe, it's so situational, right? I so, know. Like, how often do we think that that's actually a thing though? Like, you know, if you, if Finding Raid wasn't there and you could then have that CFDM in your butt and you know that you're not going to die with it, like it's not going to lose Finding Raid, you can still hand in the quest, like... How, like, does that matter most of the time? Like, in most raids like that, I guess you're questing or something, but, like, you're trying to get, like, you're either, like, getting an item, trying to go for a marker. Like, some of the quests, you, if you die with them, they go anyway, because they're not, like, items, they're not real items. So even getting rid of Finding Raid, like, Pocket Watch would still be problematic. You know, getting, like, the flash drive for Lightkeeper would still be the same, because that's, like, not, like, a Finding Raid thing. Like, those quest items are their own thing. If you die, they go, regardless. But lots of people have said, like, keep the quest items outside mm -hmm. of, well, in, in, to, in Finding Raid anyway, for that, like, stress. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's... I, I can't really say, because, like, think about inertia, too, right? Inertia makes it really clunky to move. Mm. Um, you know, uh, weight adds to inertia. That's a new thing. I don't know. It's probably a, a large, various factors. 
I think I've seen some people saying like the SVT is like affecting that a lot. Like if you just run out and you just get two tapped all the time, which like maybe I mean it's I don't know. I I can't really say what's the second confidently what's the second. Yeah, because like the the SVT AVT thing also has an impact for sure. Um, it's like we've always had ways of like ratting people. You could use like Magnum Buck shotguns or whatever, right? There's like lots of different ways you can do that. OKS twenty three, you know. I mean, even even just like basic stuff, you know, just like if you sit still and then you shoot someone with BT, they're probably going to die. Mm-hmm. But the SVT AVT just gives people that ability much more consistently. It acts much more like a normal gun. It kills people in two shots. And like me and you were having a conversation the other day, like offline, where we were setting up all of this stuff, right, about BT ammo for the SVT and AVT, which the issue with the SVT is sort of is actually more now than it was then. Like it's not necessarily an OP gun. And it's probably still not an OP gun, really, because there's lots of downsides to it. But it's the like best bang for buck for killing people who are geared. And as the gear, the average gear of the average player has gone up, and people are starting to use class five, the the fact that you can then buy, I mean, you do have to be proper four, but the fact that you can get like SNB, say, or BT for yeah. 762 by 54R means that the SVT right. and the AVT, rather than like falling off or having some kind of constraint, like you know shotguns you have to hit them in the legs like there are you know there are right. some specific constraints for that or like shoot someone in the face with some rat gun whatever it is the svt avt can still just go straight through class yeah. five armor so it's got the same ttk as it did against class four and before there was like a bunch of guns that were cheap that were just as good against class four but like to get to get through class five you have to kind of invest in like the higher like the heavier hitting calibers to start with with the more expensive guns with lower recoil with better bullets and but the svt avt just stays the same it's still right. just two taps everybody with class five if you're using the right ammo on it and it's what you've talked about with the M61 Hunter thing. So you're like, okay, well, if the guy is like, well, yeah, it's just it's just then easier to do that. But you obviously have to like catch people by surprise. But I don't know, like the only thing about this is just it just makes me feel like does that make people rat more? I guess maybe it gives people the tools to rat, whereas they didn't before. Like you'd have to set yourself up situationally for a um for a magnum buckshot type raid or whatever like you take quite a lot of downsides or ks23 like you could do it but you can kill geared people much more consistently with the svt than you can with those other strategies so i guess that's the thing i guess that's the issue with it i suppose you think yeah um yeah i think that's fair i i I think ultimately the you know kind of like doing a full circle here the the win condition is surviving right Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you gotta, you gotta, you spawn on one side of the map, you have to, to win, you have to go to the other side of the map and extract. So, like, if the meta is to camp, we'll say, then I think that's very counterintuitive to the game, because you have to move to, like, have a chance at winning, you know what I mean? Like, you have to take some risks, so, like, it can't, I think, on the flip side, like, on one hand, you know, it's like good to have these um, kit, these like uh, easily accessible kits that like are good for like punching up, you know, and they have like yeah. some kind of gimmick, right? We'll say. Um, but on the other hand, I think because you have to move and like as discussed, I don't think silent walking is like a viable discussion because there's going to be cases where situationally the right play, in my opinion, would be just to like sprint. Descendant, you know, it's like you just can't clear everything. Like you get, it's the best you can do. Um, so I think that the if you're going to move, 
you need to have something to protect you, which would be armor, and you should also take a penalty um, in that you're like slower than someone else. But I guess uh, this is a roundabout way of saying I do think that having these guns that can just like punch straight through armor that are like cheap, because not only is the SVT like cheap, it's also its ammo is like. You can just craft SM. Like I still can't believe you can craft SMB on Workbench Two. That still blows my mind that it's still there right now. Like I don't even think the craft's that expensive. It's like what two reds? It used to be so cheap that you could sell it back to mechanic and <laughs> make money. I think you might still be able to. Yeah, they really got to patch patch that because I I just I personally think that's like I'm fine with them having LPS. You know, I think that's like a good limit. But and this and this Giga, this is only gonna get worse when they introduce hit hitbox zones because now you're like even more susceptible so i just i don't know and maybe that's the tarkov experience you know you just gotta like you just gotta die man you move you die i mean you, you play the game you know i don't know it's 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 tricky dude it's like back when we had i don't know, it's just like i find it hard to correlate these other than this is why i like i've ended up pinning so much stuff on the audio because mm-hmm. i find it hard to correlate a lot of these other things with like people not wanting to move anywhere i understand like people not bringing in gear because it's just like why would i bring in gear when everyone has an svt that's fine but that doesn't stop people from moving you know you can still move through the map loot stuff whatever like there's no problem the 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 thing that seems to prevent that is audio and i know i keep going back to it but yeah the other other thing is like it's and it's like and maybe it's the two things that go hand in hand it's like another thing that people are worried about going in geared because they feel like they're going to get killed by cheaters. So they're like, well, I don't want... It's like it's like two things together. It's like, I don't want to get killed by cheaters and or these like really good bang for buck guns are in the game. Yeah. That I'm like... And because of the way that the game functions, you know, I'm like 50-50 against these guys. And if I win, I get a rat rig and an SVT. And if they lose, if I, if I lose, they take my, you know, Redoot M plus like Meta M4. Right. And a ULAC. Like, right. it's really asymmetric. And then with the audio, these guys are now also, like, sat still as soon as they hear me. Mm-hmm. So it's like those two, those things combined. Mm-hmm. Like, removing the SVT, AVT wouldn't stop people from moving around the map. Yeah, you're right. And, and fixing the audio wouldn't stop people from using the SVT. So those two things, I feel like those, it's those two things, like, coming together for this wipe in particular. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a deadly mix of... of uh, stationary ratting with the ultimate new rat cannon it's like the two <laughs> the two things that's got together and made something like incredibly toxic um, yeah and that's sort of how i'm thinking about it i mean yeah the the one other thing i would say is i do think that there is a if you're chasing pvp you know what i mean you're you're like really if you're mad that other people aren't doing what you're doing it's like you know, I just, I just don't know. Like, it's, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think how to say this without saying it and being a dick. Um, I don't know, man. It's just like not everyone's playing at your level or at your. Uh, like, if you have like millions of rubles, it's like who really like you know? Oh, you didn't get your PvP. I'm so sorry for you. It's like you're not pro- You're not guaranteed to get that you know what i mean it's just you didn't you didn't sorry you didn't get your good pvp you didn't have your and i get it like i've been there you know it's like you play shoreline you're looking to fight 
bunch of dudes. No one's there. It's like, oh, I just had to loot a Ledex and all these other items and got out. Like, it was so boring. Oh, you know, or like you got into a fight and you got one tap. It's like, oh, that's lame. Or some guy was ratting in a corner. Like, yeah, it sucks. But I just I just don't think you're entitled to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, not in Tarkov. It's just not yeah. a game for that necessarily. People played all sorts of funny ways. And I think you maybe just got to accept that. I think so. But I think there is some wiggle room to... Because like I said, you have to move from point A to point B. And I, I just think that if if you get into like a really heavy meta where no one... It's like you're, it's like you're really contradicting. It's like you're, no one really wants to move because it's like you die so often. Mm. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of bad. So I feel like you need, you need some give and take there. You know, we need the, namely, I think the audio to be a bit more scalable, more wider. Um, that way it's like, it's not this weird game of like, because you said it, and I and I play like this too often, is like, I just walk from point A to point B as much as possible, because then you hear the guy sprinting in your direction. It's like, oh, okay, let me set up for an ambush. And it's like, I was watching your stream actually yesterday, I was like, god damn, Giga's getting so many kills. You were like on reserve, like killing three guys back to back, and you were just like, I think you even said like, I'm just gonna, I think you said I'm, <laughs> the benefit of packing a mags is I can just hear people coming to me and get a free kill. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not wrong. It's uh, It's weird, right? It's like, you only do you only realize the power of it like especially because i'm not really like a campy player like mm-hmm. i'm not a shift w player but like i'm objective based so i'm going in i'm doing a yeah. thing and i like five people as i'm moving around the map right and like I, I will stop if i hear somebody obviously but like i'm not gonna like sit in a tree and wait for someone that just like isn't my game style i just never have done that it's the reason why i don't really like um i just don't really like uh sniping particularly but the times where you do have to do that and it happens on reserve a lot because the reserve is quite small. So people walk past you all the time. You realize the value of it and you realize why it's so powerful because exactly like you were watching the other day, it's like I got absolutely like busted up. It was, it was out of spawn, right? I run out of spawn. <laughs> Somebody just like hoses me down with something right at the beginning. I was just like, oh my God. I'd have to like backpedal into cover with an adrenaline on. Then like the dude like pushes me or whatever. I like managed to like stem the bleeds and kill him. But then I've got to like CMS both legs. I've got to slaver up my whole body. I've got to repack all my mags. But that means I'm just going to sit stationary on the right. edge of the map near the beginning of the raid for I don't know how long it takes to do the whole thing. Like it takes a long time in Tarkov. You probably sat there for a good two minutes, I would say. And partway through that process, people just come walking past and they don't hear you because like you're, you're medic, which is like not very loud, really, like compared mm-hmm. to them, like sprinting or walking. So you just like put the kit away and then just wait. And they want to pass, you kill them. And then you loot them. And then you carry on packing the next set of mags. And then someone else comes along because they heard some shots or whatever. Then you kill them. And it's just like, it's sort of almost chains. It like chains. I've had this twice on reserve actually, where like you kill one guy, but you get absolutely like brutalized. But if you didn't get shot like that, you just carry on walking around the map. And maybe you'd end up in a fair fight with the next guy. But because you had to, because you were forced to sit there and repack for like three minutes, you just hear him walking. (laughs) Yeah. And it's then it shows you the power of just sitting in one place. And and that's my point is like that guy had to make a choice to move. You know, maybe he could have went a different way. I whatever. But like he had so many angles to cover, he couldn't like it was like gonna be near impossible for him to check that specific spot where you were, because he's worried about, you know, this guy in the K buildings, this guy in dome, this guy in this building shoot at me, straight ahead of, of me, you know, past the fence and like he's got so many things to look at it's just like i think it needs like your one thing that might work is like maybe they make your sound for medding loud for yourself 
and you have the guy that's running, you know, he's, it scales up as he gets closer, it gets louder and louder and louder to the point where like you're doing an action, like packing your mags or medding where you can't hear that well, plus the ambient noise. Plus he mm. has to be like, I don't know what's reasonable, 30 meters sprinting. And then like, it's like marginally audible and then like it just ramps up as he gets closer, you know, that way it's like, it's a little bit more, a, li- a little more give and take there, you know. It just it's because it's it's hard, dude. Like you have sometimes you're just gonna die to a guy, um, who heard you first, and there's really nothing you can do about it because you can't possibly check every angle, and that yeah, sucks. Exactly. One thing I didn't want to jump back to really quickly because I remembered, um, you know, this idea of like letting be BSG. You know, basically, like, admit defeat, and we take in the fold of the RMT years, and just, you know, it's, it's better that way. What's interesting about this take is you could take it another step further where the, you know, <laughs> evil capitalist mindset comes in. And it's like, well, we could, us, BSG, if we're just going to allow them to do this, why don't we just do it ourselves? Like, we can just make money off this. Doesn't it make more sense for them just to, like, sell the same stuff but at a lower price point like <laughs> why don't we just do our own rft at that point you know what i mean yeah maybe the, so the the issue with rmt actually really isn't the rmt like i don't think anybody really gives two craps whether like timmy number 365 buys 2000 rounds of bp i don't think that actually matters that doesn't really hurt the player base particularly it's always been the people cheating to do it to get the stuff that's the issue it's not our it's not really rmt it's because rmt is like the outlet rmt is the the exit yeah. point for that for the cheating and it's the cheating that's the issue like give yeah give give timmy xyz like a meta slick or whatever like half the time you're probably gonna kill him and take it so you're probably gonna end up like benefiting from these people because they're not actually that good at the game that's why they're doing rmt in the first place like, but it's the cheaters sourcing that that's the issue that's that's the thing mm-hmm. that's the reason why it's problematic I mean, they, they could, right? But like, uh, again, it's, it's, it's fine because it's bannable. So it's, it's one of those things where it's, you're not supposed to do it and there's a risk of being, of, of being banned for it. So that really limits the appeal of people who are going to do it. Like if it was, if you just had to, like, because it breaks the game if you actually just do it like openly. But like, yeah, BSG could just do it on the black market and like no one would ever know. No, no, no. Not... their own RMT firm. But you, do you mean like doing it officially, like having in-game yeah, store like, or whatever? Yeah, like Blizzard, uh, Cause, cause Diablo like, 3. Because that would break the game completely. Because then you'd feel <laughs> compelled to do RMT as opposed to like at the moment where it's like some kind of shady thing that you're not really supposed to do. But, like, mean, you might you, get caught for it and people are scared. Like You saw the cheaters, right? The, they're out. They, they no longer can, RM, can cheat for RMT, right? You just cut them out, basically, right? Because that's the biggest complaint, right? Is they're cheating. What we're trying to, what we're, what we're deciding on now is a trade-off between <laughs> the game being RMT, right? In in like inherently mm. versus cheaters, and you're re- you're reducing your cheater population to rage hackers, which happens in yeah. all the other games, by the way. Anyway, so you know, Tarkov's just got these extra incentives for this RMT situation. So you probably yeah. wouldn't get rid of all the cheaters. It'd probably be less because people wouldn't be cheating for RMT, but people would still be rage cheating. You just like you're just breaking the economic link for like the RMT part. But like given that it mm. happens, I would I would normally have said to you like yeah that sounds like a good solution. But given the fact that it's happening in all the other games with no economic loop for it, 
then it probably won't make any difference. You're probably still going to have cheaters and break and ruin the game because now well, everyone yeah, feels like not, they have to buy BP. I mean, we're not trying to eliminate cheaters. That, you know, I don't. I don't think that's possible. No matter what you do, it's just what is going to be. What are you? What is the percentage, or what are you able to tolerate? And so, to me, it's like this idea of like let the RM tiers. You know, it's let them do their thing, right? Um, at that point. You really, if like you accept that, you really open the door to like, well, why doesn't BSG just like they have every incentive to just like cut them out? Like they make more money, <laughs> they deal with a population of cheater. Like it's kind of a win-win, right? So like I say all that to say is like I feel like that's that mindset's like you could go like really you know dark into that area, but I think you're sort of like playing in that mindset, and I would say like it's better for them to keep fighting the good fight you know what i mean like they have reduced rmt so that's a win for cheating and for like the player base right because like you and i would agree like we don't want you know five dollars to get your slick now like that kind of defeats purpose of the game right so there's a little bit of both there's like yes we don't want cheaters but also we like we do value a certain experience that the game's trying to give us. Like, we want to, like, protect that. Yeah. So it's I, I, like... I know, you, I know you're playing devil's advocate, but it's like... <laughs> I, th- I think that... I just think there's a big difference between, you know, you open up Tarkov and it's just like, today's sale, $3 for 2,000 BP, versus, like, having to go on the, your eBay and, like, trade it with some dodgy dude and PayPal him in, like, Bitcoin or whatever it is that you need to do to, to get it to work. To be fair, it's not even that dodgy. You just pay someone on, on eBay, I think, to, to do it. But um, I just think it's such a different, like, mindset and mentality. But it comes back to like the people's points about what's the least worst situation? Well, you're not going to get rid of cheaters. Okay, fine. We don't want RMT actually in the game inherently. Fine. So, okay, we'll just let the guys who are running the RMT businesses, like we don't really want them developing cheats for rage hacking, actually. We kind of want them more developing cheats so that people use them to scour the map for loot to sell for RMT rather than actually fighting our player base. We'd actually rather them go and just take the items and trying to not be caught and trying to yeah just take the items to use in rmt to sell to make money as opposed to actually fighting our legitimate players because that's like it's actually more obvious that there's a cheater problem when people are doing carry service or rage hacking versus doing rmt rmt is actually like it's although it's kind of insidious you can't really tell as a player that it's going on because you don't see the loot because it's not there you just think that oh it could just be a spawn rate thing right like you just you can't tell as an individual player so I think that's where people's arguments coming from, which I actually am sort of subscribing to, as I said, which is that like you can't get rid of them, so you may as well just go for like the least worst option. Um, and it's just it's not it's a it's a totally different thing between RMT being like bannable offense versus it being sponsored by the company. Like it changes the game completely. It would ru- it would completely obliterate Tarkov. It would, like no one would play anymore. It would ruin the game totally. Oh yeah, I mean it would if, definitely if, change the it. landscape vastly. Um... And I think that tells you that there's a difference between the two, right? And that's why they couldn't ever do it. And I understand, I understand the argument that you're sort of devil's advocating for, but you know that it's just not the same. I mean, surface level is not the same. I feel like the the end product is like you're. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I just find it because of who it's coming from, right? Yeah, the the source is different, but like you, you know, in. Like, if I was BSG, if this was the move, that, like, this is what people want to find, it's like, to me, I could not be tempted to myself to be like, well, I can eliminate, like, I'm just letting this business operate, 
you know, they're cheating. They're they're ruining the experience for gamers because like, you know, it's it's bound that you know someone comes if you're running to get the lead X or whatever, and the cheater's there too. If you're trying to kill him, like he's gonna shoot at you. You know what I mean? Like it, like you're bound. Yeah. It's bound to affect somebody. So like, I just I just feel like it makes sense to be like, you know, <laughs> buy your. Tarkov points and exchange them sixty for a slick. You know, it just kind of makes sense to me. But but it's about it's about the experience too, as you say, right? It's about the experience that's intended. Like the argument that you're making is like um, Activision building an in-game hack so that all players can hack. No, not not necessarily, because we're 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 not we're saying that you, what we're saying is RMT is a part of the Tarkov experience. When when okay. we say well, we want. BS, we want BSG to allow RMT. We're saying we're okay with RMT. Well, that's like that's that's a, f- a fundamental <laughs> flaw in the assumption then, because like BSG will never be okay with RMT. But that's what people want, right? They want they want to allow RMT to happen. They don't right? want to allow RMT to happen. They want to stop carry services from shooting them in raid by allowing RMT to happen. <laughs> Partly yes. Partly yes. That's my it's point. A, it's it's like... an unfortunate consequence. That's my point is like if BSG were to get to that point, to me the inevitable conclusion is BSG sells products because it's just there's And the thing is like RMT is still bannable. It's still bannable. The people who are hacking to do it are still ban like they can still technically be banned and still should technically be banned. Like it's it's a it's a very, very different thing. You're you're replacing one type of cheater for another type of cheater, both of which are bannable offenses. I'm not sure I track. <laughs> you're saying you're saying that it's if it's you know if BSG sells their stuff, then it's not bannable. So they're saying it's okay, right? That's what. Like you're saying in the case that it's RMT, it's bannable, so it's okay because it's bannable. As in, like it's it's okay. It's kind of okay to roll back some of the restrictions that aren't really working to allow RMTers to do whatever RMTers used to do, i.e. like hoover up loot and stuff. So you, you morph the cheaters from doing the carry service things back into the RMT-style cheaters because it's now easier to do that. Because you can still go after them. You can still try to develop the anti-cheat to go after those guys doing that. We don't want people doing either, but one of them affects the player base more than the other. So we'd rather cheaters be doing right. the one that affects the player base the least, and then you can still pursue them via the anti-cheat methods. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I just think that going that route, you really, in my mind, for the company, you know, it's sort of like, wait a minute, why don't we just do this? Which, you know, obviously is different in some cases, but I don't know. It just, to me, it just makes sense. <laughs> it's just weird. It's like, well, you know, funny. Also, like, how many people do you think actually do RMT as well? Like, it's a small, it's a very small minority, right? Whereas, like, if you put RMT know. in the game... I, I like, do it believe... changes the experience completely because it would be like you'd everyone would feel compelled to do it, otherwise you couldn't really play. I do believe back when you know we didn't have Final Raid, RMT was very rampant. Um you know, if you look at RMT now, it's not I haven't looked at it a lot, but I've seen some things and it's not uh not quite as popular as it used to be. Mm. Um but even still, right, those same people are the people getting carry service or whatever. It's like, 
Uh, how popular do we think that is? I mean, it's a, it's a minority of the player base. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I mean, I, I get I get the sentiment. I just don't know if I like can fundamentally agree with it, you know, because I I feel like the point of trying to. You know, be a, it's like they want to, like, maintain this, the sanctity of the game, like the experience. So, like, they don't want to, like, introduce slicks for five dollars. And they also don't want cheaters doing that as well. Right. Yeah. They don't they, they also don't want people cheating either. But like it's inevitable, right? So like we, we try to like mitigate it. And mm-hmm. I feel like allowing RMT is like, yes, like maybe sure, maybe on average you don't get rage hacked as much. Right. However, like we're we're fundamentally saying it's kinda okay that you do it. That, that like RMT is a thing. Like we're not we're like it's a higher acceptable percentage of cheaters, right? Even though the higher, it's like allowing wall. It's well, I shouldn't say allowing. It's like saying we could put in more restrictions on our anti-cheat to have better detection for wall hacks, but instead, we're we're gonna say that wall hacks don't affect people as much as like aimbots do. So we're like more lenient on wall hacks versus. And maybe this is a real thing. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I actually don't. That's a good question. I'd be curious to know what some anti-cheat dev would say yeah, about I don't that. Know. Anyways, interesting topic. Uh, mo- <laughs> we gotta move on. We gotta get this show in a row. Uh, so one, one thought I had, I'll, just, I'll be brief, is about M4 mods. And I noticed, I was, again, watching your stream, and I saw that Tower brought you an M4. I think Oh no, maybe it was a YouTube video. Yeah, I think it was your M4. Uh, oh, it was barter. on the stream, but yeah, that was on that video. Yeah, I put the highlight in there. Yeah, and he had like this wicked, like mini short barreled M4 with like a suppressor scope. I think it had like 100 ergo and like, was like 40, like 45 recoil or something. Yeah. I was like really surprised that you could like crank out those numbers um, with whatever parts you use. It's like, it made me think that like maybe one solution, because like the M4 is like in the. I've been thinking about playing Tarkov, and I basically the only thing I want to do is just build an M4 and go to streets because it feels like there's a lot of choices, and um, because of that, there's a bit more variety because of all those choices, in a sense. But essentially, I think what's more important is that because the top end of that, like let's let's say hypothetically, you get ninety eight percent. Uh, buffs to the gun, both in like recoil and like ergo, right? Yeah, there's like a wide range in there to like play with. So, like, mm. maybe and again, we're making trade offs between recoil and ergo. So, like, you could there's a lot more flexibility in that. Whereas, like, a lot of guns they don't really have as many parts, it feels like. Um, like the yeah. AK, like, you can't change the barrel, you can change the handguard, you can change the stock, the you know. You can't change the res- like you know what I mean it's just and like it maybe it only scales up to like sixty percent of its original but because you have yeah. such this large playing field it's like you can really like you know oh you can grab this part from here this part from here you know there's just like so many different things and then you think about the cost of it all so I think it's actually oh just an interesting thought like maybe maybe one approach could be you just have guns can scale like ridiculously 
<laughs> like every gun can scale ninety eight percent, and then it's like you can basically build different. Like you could go like balance, maximum recoil, maximum ergo. Of course, ergo. You, you know, if you go over a hundred, you don't get any bonuses. But I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting thing. Because again, I was just really shocked at that M4 he built that had like because I mean it had a thirty round mag, it had a suppressor, you know, it had a scope on it. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a TX-15, or it wasn't yeah, it was like 20-rounder mags. I mean, he brought 20s, but, you know, I mean, it, it it was still 100 with the 30s. You know, it wasn't like a weird, uh, you know, stock that was like ergo prioritized. It was like, man, it looked like a pretty decent gun, all things considered. It was the snappiest M4 I've used in a long time, let's yeah. put it that way. It, was, it felt great, actually. I, I don't really like Cantus normally. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. I mean, we 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 got somebody with it, so and from a decent distance too. It was just like boom, like right on target straight yeah. away. Man, it, it felt it felt great to use. Yeah. yeah, like if if some of the other guns worked like that, it'd be kind of interesting. Just simply because yeah, right now as you say, most guns just have like one pattern. You go how how close do I want to get it to like the best version of this gun, and then that's just a cost thing. Like oh how how good do I want the one I want to be? Do I want to like. I'm going to put on... I'm either going to go suppressed or unsuppressed. Okay, do I want the best handguard or do I want to go for the Krebs one? Okay, do I want to put on the null charging handle or not? Do I want to go butt pad or do I want to go for PT3? And that's kind of it. It's like, how far do I want to go? And you just go in priority order yeah. as to like the most bang for buck components versus their cost and then just take it from there. Um, which it's not, yeah, it's not as interesting as the M4. Like The M4 is great. And I, I quite like that the M4 is like, sort of back with these new, with these new parts. I know we've talked about it in a couple of casts, but the fact that you now like can it, it can scale further and on Ergo too, and you can kind of get best of both, but it's like mightily expensive, is a great thing. Like I think you know when you're saying that some of these things should scale up to ninety, I think that's fine as long as the cost is there because it yeah. gives you something to kind of progress towards. And it's like these things sort of like get exponentially more expensive. I mean, some of the good M4s are like four hundred, five hundred thousand rubles. Like it's just before you've even put a scope on, right? It's like, it's like gets to crazy pricing. But um, I think that's fine. If you want endgame stuff, you can make them expensive because money has never really been a problem in Tarkov. So people should have somewhere to spend it. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's cool. It is cool. It was cool. Yeah. And, I, and I think, uh, too, that, you know, the, historically the problem has been like if you want to make a higher go gun, you have to sacrifice recoil. Mm. And if you're sacrificing, if you're going from like 40 recoil to like 70 recoil to get a higher go gun, that's going to feel really bad to shoot, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're going from like 40 to like 45 to get a high ergo gun, like that feels much better. And then I feel like you're really getting the pros of the ergo. It's like those, like how tower set up the scope. I think that works really well. Cause then it's like, you can snap long range shots really quickly, get on target yeah. really fast where I think is the value in ergo. Cause like most of the time with like a red dot, you know, higher ergo, it's like, Hit fire versus ADS, like there's just a certain point where it's like you don't really need to uh ADS, right? So you're not yeah. feel like you're not getting the benefit there. Anyways. Uh <laughs> should we wrap up? Or have we got time for one more? Your call. How long is it's your topic, so how long is it? Oh man. Should we do I, it next week? Yeah, let's do it next week. Okay. I don't I don't wanna go too long here. We're already Okay. My clock says an hour or two, two, two hours and 30 minutes on recording. I know we started a little recording yeah. early, but 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll push it to next time. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. If it's not an, an urgently, you know, timely topic, then we can no, always no, 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 open no. with it next time if you want. Yeah. So that's the cast. Thanks for tuning in. As always, appreciate your support, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye bye.